Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet Earth, the John Campion Show. Coming to you from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, and streaming. And I'm coming off a 16 to 17-hour workday yesterday. My throat's a little bit gone, but that's okay, because we're here today, and joining us here today... <laughs> Is Kimberly Curran. Kimberly, how you doing? I got spiders in my brain. Yeah, every, spiders I think in my brain. Everybody's, I think, got spiders in their brain. Except for Chef Pleasure's yep. Ray Aura's here. <laughs> I'm not sleeping until we see Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> no sleep. Till, well, and then of course you've got a you gotta come over later tonight because yeah. you're barbecuing for I, a Hawkeye tonight, too. I might just stay here the rest of the day. You just relax. The sound yeah, of the rain yeah. in Southern California. Yep. Yeah, that's the other big thing today. It's Hawkeye. Uh, the penultimate episode of Hawkeye is tonight. So That's generally fun. the big one. Yeah. It's episode five tonight. The one everybody's saying, like the show creators are saying, this is the one that's going to break the internet. Yeah, man. We'll see if that's a big promise to that's live up to. That's a big promise. So, I, I mean, I don't know if they can, but we'll see. So there's a lot of things going on. And guys, you being here is the best thing about our day. We're so glad that you're here. And listen, here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break the show up into two halves. The first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. And the second half of the show, we're going to go to your live comments and your live questions. If you are watching this show live, and only if you're watching live, and you want to get in a comment, not a question, not a question, but a comment, thought, opinion, whatever, that you'd like us to read a little bit later in the show, just go ahead and use the Super Chat feature in the YouTube live chat, and we'll read that out a little bit later. If you've got a question for the show, go down into the description of this video. You'll see a tip link. Click on that or enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll get your question read on the show or an upcoming companion video if we deem your question appropriate to be used on our shows. And, of course, you'll be supporting our channel at the same time and all of us involved with the John Campus Show. Thank you guys so very much for your support. One other bit of house cleaning. Don't forget, if you need your daily fix of the John Campus Show but can't be in front of a YouTube video, maybe you're at work, maybe you're jogging, whatever, good news, there's an audio-only version that we call the John Campus Show podcast. Just go to your favorite podcasting app of choice, search for the John Campus Show, and subscribe to the podcast today. All right, guys. With that down, no off the tops today. Let's just dive right into our main topics. And you know how we select our main topics you guys select our main topics. If you guys ever come across a big topic, issue, or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Kim. What is our first main topic today? Okay, guys, our first one comes from Maxi S. Today, the irrelevant <laughs> Golden Globes and the Critics' Choice Awards announced their noms for top awards. And after these and the National Board of Reviews and AFI lists in the last few weeks, I think we have a clear look at which films will likely be nominated for the Best Picture Award at the Oscars at the next Oscar ceremony. Six films have been nominated and honored all around. Belfast, Don't Look Up, Surprise, Dune Part 1, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and West Side Story. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, Maxie. And yeah, this is the time of year where we start to get a picture of what is 
the best movie, the, the best picture Oscar race going to actually shape up to look like. We've got a lot of the regional critic associations have been sending in their things. Of course, the completely irrelevant Golden Globes, who cares? But more relevant than the Golden Globes, the Critics' Choice Awards. And I love the little bit of research you did there, Maxie, pointing out that you know there are a couple of films that have been constants regarding you know, who's getting recognized as best picture. And there are a number of con uh, con uh, constants, but it seems to me really right now, and the race could change. Like we're still a couple months away from the Oscars. So a lot of things could change right now. It seems to me like the two front horses are Belfast and West side story. That, that seems to be the race. Yeah. Now there's, there are a couple of potential dark horses here that by the end of January could be considered the front runner instead but right now, that's really where it seems to be. Now, what's interesting is yesterday morning, early yesterday morning, not only did Snoop Dogg read out the uh, uh, the nominees for the Golden Globes. Nailed uh, it. With a brand new uh, young up-and-coming actor named Ben Affleck. Uh, and uh, Denis Villan Dennis Villanueva uh, is on the way. Gotta love Snoop Dogg. Uh, but the Critics' Choice named their nominees. And I, I thought there's some pretty cool ones here. Let's take a look. Now, the Critics' Choice put out a list of 10 nominees for Best Picture. Uh, Belfast and West Side Story, I think those are going to be your two leads. But then there's CODA, which is, oh, what's it stand for? Children of Deaf Adults. Adults, that's what it is, right. Which I was very late to the game on, but a beautiful, beautiful film. I finally got around to getting caught up on that. Uh, Don't Look Up, which I have still not watched. I mean, I've just heard from too many people I know that say it's just not good. Really? Um, so I am, I, I don't know. Here's the funny thing. It's the critics that are saying that it's not all that good. And yet the critics association is giving it a nominee. I, I, what, what, a little bit of consistency here, consistency here. Anyway, whatever. Don't look up. Dune. Very happy to see Dune being in these conversations. So Dune gets nominated for best picture. King Richard, which I finally had to surrender and watch on HBO oh, because no. no, you made a good point the other day that I was, I was literally running out of time to see it in time. the theater yeah. and I had to see it. So I finally had to get, it's great. I haven't seen Will Smith this good. I don't think since Ali. Yeah. I, I, I think this is the best I've seen him since Ali. This might, I, this might be, for me, his second best performance of his career. I mean, it, it was fantastic. Anyway, uh, so we had King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, which I'm both seeing later this week. So I haven't seen those yet. Power of the Dog, which I'm not going to lie, I almost fell asleep. I, I, I like, because I remember you talked about it the other week. Mm -hmm. And you're like, it's not really for me. But then I heard a lot of other great things about it. And I watched it and I'm like, there, there's something about, I mean, the performances are fantastic. Performances are incredible, but there's just something about the narrative and the pacing of the story and the, the nature of the dynamic. Yeah. Just, it just never, it was pretty, Yeah, I'm not sitting here saying it's it, a bad film. I, I just, I don't, it wasn't, you know what it reminded me of uh, ghost story with, uh, yes, Rini the A24 Mara. film and, yes. and uh, Casey Affleck. Incredibly slow. You have to be in the mood for a character study. You have to be in the mood to really get inside and not really have a situation where a whole lot is happening. Don't bring your Marvel hat into this. Take that hat off and leave it at the door. Yeah, but, well, which yeah. you should for most movies anyway. Man, I was... Ugh. So there was that. God bless um, and then we get into Tick, Tick, Boom. I didn't know or that it would get tick, a Best Picture. Tick, tick 
Boom. Boom. <laughs> tick, tick, boom. God bless Snoop Dogg him. put it. Okay, come on. Okay, look, now. I don't care how many names Snoop Dogg fluffed. He totally redeemed himself with how he said tick, tick, boom. That was amazing. We're all like tick, tick, boom. And Snoop Dogg's like tick, tick, boom. <laughs> it's like you just totally redeemed yourself. Um, so there's that. And then, of, of course, West Side Story. And by the way, uh, then a, a really interesting la- list for best actor. I just really want to point this out because of two particular names. Um, Peter Dinklage, Cyrano, um, still a movie I haven't seen. They showed us a preview for it a couple of months back at uh, CinemaCon, and I fell in love with it instantly. I cannot wait to see Cyrano. Uh, Peter Dinklage getting a best actor nomination for that, which is great. Andrew Garfield getting a best actor nomination. No surprise that Denzel Washington uh, and Will Smith and Benedict Cumberbatch are getting those. But Nicolas Cage did get a nomination for Pig, which is a lot of people saying he really deserved to get. And and it was really cool to see. But I really want to focus more on the best picture race here. Because again, to me, it, it really does seem like this is shaping up to be a Belfast and a West Side Story race, which I was right up until watching it this weekend. I'm like, why is this thing in the conversation? Oh, now I know why it's in the conversation. Uh, I, I mean, you guys heard me just heap praises on West Side Story yesterday, but let me keep heaping here a little bit. This movie is effing brilliant. Mm. It's so good. And only, and I say this wholeheartedly, only the greatest director of all time could put it together as masterfully as he did. And it is one of those rare things that it is a remake that is actually better than the original. Right? A movie that won Best Picture in 1961-62. Yeah. And he made it better. I, I mean, I'm just so, oh my God, I'm in love with this girl. Oh my God, I'm in love with her. She is pure fire. Oh, she is so good. Every look, just, she didn't even have to say anything. The little looks that she gave, the little like, oh, really? And she just gave those those woman looks where you look at the woman and you go, oh, shit, I don't know what she means. Uh, Let me get my stuff together. I love her. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you. So we're looking here at this list, right? We're looking at this list. Belfast Coda, don't look up Dune. And I think we all agree that Belfast and, and West Side Story are probably the front runners here. If you had to pick one or two dark horses in here that could, over the next two months, gain some momentum and maybe surprise everybody at the Oscars, which one do you think? Which one or two do you think could end up being a surprise? You know, uh, I think I think Coda. Coda, yeah, it yeah. just really touched my heart, just in so many ways. Coda and everyone in it gave a magnificent, flawless performance yeah i believe coda and and everyone's kind of sleeping on it because not everyone has apple you know it's one of those it's not on amazon it's not right up there on netflix um i think coda but tick tick boom you know when i saw it i was like this is fantastic and a few people were sleeping on it but we let people know you know watch it and the people that wrote in that were like thank you john for telling me to watch this i don't like musicals and this was fantastic i think that's going to gain some steam yeah i gotta say I agree. I think Tick Tick Boom is going to be one of the sleepers. I just think that's a movie that, because not everybody's into to the musical stuff. It was just so creatively done. Whatever it could really sneak up on people because I know a couple of Oscar voters, and they loved Tick Tick Boom. You know what? I'm going to say something else. And it's this. I'm not just saying this to be populist. I honestly think Dune could be a sleeper. Because I think all those voting members in the Oscars who are filmmakers themselves, I think they looked at Dune and were like, how did you do that? How did you do that? 
Now, I, I still think Belfast and West Side Story are the front runners. Yes. But if, if we're talking about sleepers, I think Tick, Tick, Boom mm -hmm. and Dune could be those sleepers. Mm -hmm. But anyway, question is for you guys. What do you think about the 10 films nominated for Best Picture? I'm not going to lie. I was still kind of hoping to see Shang-Chi make it in there. Uh, but what did you guys think about the 10 films listed by the Critics' Choice Awards for that? I mean, I think we are starting to get a clear picture about who the frontrunners of the Oscars are going to be. Is there another sleeper film that you think we're overlooking? Whatever you guys are feeling, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic Number two, Kim, what is our second main topic today? Okay, this comes from Faden Carlson. Good morning, John and crew. I guess it's not really a surprise that they've just announced Kingsman 3 will shoot in September since they've been saying for a while there will be a third one, but I'm still a little shocked. Considering how bad the second one was and the prequel getting pretty weak reactions and will probably not fare well at the box office, I thought they'd scrap it. Are you surprised they're still making a third one? Thanks a lot for sending that in, Faden. And straight up, yes. Yep. I mean, look, you're, you're right. There should be no surprise here. They have been talking about they're going to do this prequel one, The King's Man, which is now coming out imminently. And then where they're going to do a Kingsman 3. So we've known that. That's been a part of the plan. But to be quite frank, I always suspected they may reconsider doing Kingsman 3 just because of how poor Kingsman 2 was. Now, for those of you who don't know, I am like everybody else. I love the first Kingsman. I was like, and like everybody else, I was totally caught off guard by it. It just looked like a little throwaway, hopefully some fun kind of movie. And then you come out of it and you're like buzzing and you're like, oh my God, that's so great. <laughs> and so I went into Kingsman 2 with such high hopes. And instead of doubling down on all the things Kingsman 1 did so well, they double down on all the weaknesses of Kingsman 1. Because Kingsman 1 has some flaws and has some weaknesses. But overall, it's a, just a brilliantly fun film. They went to all the negative things and just doubled down on those. And by the time you get to the point where Elton John is, you know, kung fuing the enemies out, I'm like, okay, this is... Now this is... You know what it is? Here it was. The Kingsman was a... What's the best way to put it? The Kingsman was a Mission Impossible movie with a little bit of top secret in it. Like hot shots? Like hot shots. <laughs> yeah, a little top secret, hot shots, stuff like that. It was a Mission Impossible movie with a little bit of hot shots in it. Kingsman 2, The Golden Circle, was a, what's the Leslie Nielsen spoof ones? Naked Gun. Uh, naked, naked Gun, thank you, Ray. Kingsman 2 was Naked Gun <laughs> like my with coffee, like a my little bit of Mission Impossible in it. And I remember I watched the first time. I thought, oh, well, it's not as good as the first one, but it's still not bad. And then I went back to see the second time. Like, nope, I was just deluding myself. This is a really bad movie. And then last week, when the early reactions for The King's Man, starring, I believe, the greatest actor in the world who does not have an Oscar on his mantle, the great Ray Fiennes, uh, starring Ray Fiennes, the early reactions were not great. They weren't overwhelmingly bad, but we're used to seeing early reactions lean positive. And then maybe more of the negative stuff comes out in the full reviews. But a lot of the early reactions were like, yeah, this movie is. So I was kind of thinking that between the second film and this one not doing, looking so hot. And I don't think it's going to fare very well against Matrix. You know, that came up the other day. 
not to mention Spider-Man, which, which we'll get to Spider-Man in a second. But I really kind of thought, okay, they're probably going to pull the plug on this. But nope, they ain't. This comes to us from the folks over at comicbook.com. The fourth film in the Kingsman franchise and third, which tells the story of Taron Egerton's Eggsy, is all set to begin filming in September of 2022. While promoting The King's Man, a prequel to Kingsman, The Secret Service, and King's Man, The Golden Circle, which tells... Uh, the World War One era origin story of the spy group. The franchise's producer and director, Matthew Vaughn, and I'm a big fan of Matthew Vaughn, shared the news with comicbook.com in an exclusive interview. We're all set to go, Vaughn said. We start filming in September. He teased that this Kingsman 3 will wrap up Eggsy's story. When really, the first one should have wrapped up Eggsy's story. Uh, <laughs> or they should have made the second one better. No, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm surprised. I am surprised. Uh, I really did think they pulled the plug. And listen, that's great that they're saying right now that we're all set to go in September. If the King's Man flops, I don't think they're shooting this other one. If if the King's Man, this, this new one coming out later, if this one flops, I don't think they move forward with the Kingsman 3. I, I think between now and September, we're going to hear about Matthew Vaughn's scheduling conflicts. And I think maybe it, it gets pulled and it falls. Because there's a lot of time between now and September. And that's fine that they're planning to do the third one. But as Mike Tyson has always said, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth. And then <laughs> plans change. And if, if if King's Man gets punched in the mouth. But then, hey, look, I haven't seen King's Man yet. For all I know, it's going to be my favorite movie of the year. I mean, it doesn't sound like it, but it might. So we'll have to wait and see. Kim, were you surprised to hear that they're doing this third one? Look, I like them. Um, I'm, I'm actually... Hmm, I'm not surprised only because I feel like they really had a plan with this. Not that it was executed wonderfully in the second one. However, exit the story continues. They didn't wrap it up. You know, there's still more to tell. And I think you learn, you live and you learn, you listen and go, okay, maybe let me switch this around a little bit. And I really think that it could be good. Now, you know me, I liked I liked the first one and the second one because I look at it just as this bombastic fun ride. I'm not looking for a great story. I'm not looking to cry. I'm not looking for you to move me. Um, but I really think that the third one can be good. I like Eggsy. I like that character a lot. I like the, um, not the guest stars, but the the people that they get. The supporting the characters. The supporting characters. I love how they had Halle Berry in the last one. I thought her character was great. I think they can do a lot with it. I'm not giving up on you, Kingsman. I believe in you. I am. I've given <laughs> up on you, Kingsman. I believe in you, Eggsy. The only thing that actually, the only thing that's keeping my interest is Matthew Vaughn, because I, I really do like Matthew Vaughn a lot. So I, he's done a lot of great stuff. So I don't know. I'll keep my fingers crossed. Question is for you guys. What do you think about this? What did you think about the, the second Kingsman movie? Are you looking forward to the Kingsman, the one coming out? And are you surprised they're still moving forward with the Kingsman 3? Maybe you're super psyched about it. Whatever you guys are feeling, jump down into the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Kim, what is our third main topic today? Okay, this comes from the big Lebronski. I think it's <laughs> fair to say that we've all been expecting positive <laughs> reviews from Spider-Man No Way <laughs> Home since it looks pretty good. But man, some people are calling it the best Spider-Man movie yet. 
Hard to believe. But the point is that the response has been insanely good. I was already hyped for this movie, but now I'm effing losing my mind <laughs> to see this. Thursday, 9 p.m. Can't get here fast enough. What do you guys think of the reviews so far? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in Big Lebronski. That's, that's <laughs> no, one of the best names. Um, okay. It, it, it is simply, simply this. So last night, uh, Ray and I did Reaction Watch. Reaction Watch. 2021 uh as we we streamed live as the first reactions and reviews started to come out and i set the over under number at 87 percent. i said by the time this broadcast is done what will the rotten tomatoes meter be at i said and i set the line at 87 percent. did a little better than that we finished the night with it at 100 percent. now it is not 100 percent anymore it has come down. As of right now, this moment, Spider-Man No Way Home, there are 62 critic reviews registered. More are coming, obviously. And it is holding a 98%. There is one negative review uh, so far. All the other ones are positive, which rounds it out to 98% on the thing there. And what's really interesting is the enthusiasm of it. Um, you know, you're right. Some you're you're right, Lebronski. Some critics were calling it the best Spider-Man movie ever. Uh, I saw one or two critics saying it's the best Marvel movie ever. Now, a lot of the other ones are just saying this is a fantastic movie. There, a lot of the critics weren't going so far as to say this is the best Spider-Man movie because then you're saying being better than Into the Spider-Verse or Spider-Man Two, and that's a tall order. So most of them weren't saying it's the best Spider-Man movie, and certainly the vast majority of them were not saying it's the best Marvel movie ever. But they were pretty much all in unison proclaiming that this movie's great. That was pretty much it. They're all saying this movie's great. And as you go down, we start looking at some of the reviews here, particularly amongst a lot of the top critics. Uh, the reviews have been pretty awesome. You know, they've been, they've been pretty good. And everybody's saying, now, here's the thing. A lot of people don't know how to read Rotten Tomatoes. Here's why these numbers are so important. And here's why these numbers are so impressive. When you look at a 98%, and you got to understand this because this is key. We're talking about reviews from 62 critics, right? 62 vastly unique, vastly different, with different tastes and different opinions. A room of 62 people who like different types of movies from each other. That some will love one kind of movie and others will hate another and all that kind of stuff. A very diverse group. I know a hell of a lot of the Rotten Tomatoes critics and none of them could be more different from each other. And yet, this is why when, when a movie comes out that gets in those 90 plus ranges, I get thoroughly impressed. Because you're talking about getting that collection of people with such wildly different tastes and wildly different you know, things that they prefer when they look at their movies. And 98% of them say, yeah, we all agree this movie's really good. We all agree this movie's good. you got to understand how rare of a thing that is. Because we have a room of three people right here. And rarely will we all say, yep, that, that's good. Like, like, rarely will we all agree completely on a movie, right? Like we were just talking about Kingsman, and we can't even agree on <laughs> Kingsman. And now you imagine getting a room of 62 people with different life backgrounds coming from different environments in different contexts with different points of view and different tastes 
and 98% of them say together, yeah, yeah, this movie's good. That's incredibly impressive. It is so hard to get somebody to like a movie. And when you get these types of, that's why I was so impressed when Shang-Chi came out and was able to nail the, the types of reviews that it was getting. That's why you get, why I get so impressed when I see these types of reviews, because you've got to win over different people with different tastes and all of them come together and say, yep, we like it. You got to get people who love period pieces and people who love comic book movies. You got to get people who love documentaries versus people who love animated movies. And you got to get all of them to look at this one movie and go, yeah, this is good. And as Ray and I sat there last night, going through, as all the reviews and the reactions started to filter in, it just became really apparent. It looks like Sony and Marvel have a pretty special movie on their hands. Now, I'm not, listen, I'll straight up, I'm not expecting to like this movie as much as Shang-Chi. But, I mean, all I cared about, because Ray, you remember I said last mm -hmm. night, you know, some people saying, do you think this could be the greatest thing? I don't need Spider-Man No Way Home to be the greatest thing. All I want it to be is a good movie. That's all I care about. Just give me a good movie. It doesn't, not every movie has to be Logan. Not every movie has to be The Dark Knight. Just give me a good movie. And it looks like that's exactly what we're getting. Ray, as we were doing the show last night, like what was jumping out to you the most as we started reading all the reviews and the things? Like what, what stuck with you most as you were looking, or maybe that you were happiest to see or read? Um, I just was happy to see that people were having fun and smiling and uh the emotional part probably got to prepare for that you know a lot of people are saying it's an emotional movie but for the most part i love that they're saying there's some some fan service in there yeah I, I i mean i don't know i'm just really looking forward to it the excitement that's, the, like that's the thing that surprised me a little bit actually was how many people were just started out saying like you expect to see words like fun right yeah right. which is good that's a good thing i, I want to see the word fun you expect to see the word fun. You expect to see the words action. Right. You expect to see the word surprises, right? I wasn't expecting how many of these reactions and reviews that were coming out that were really leaning into emotional. Emotional. That 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 was, because you're right, Ray, that was a common thing that we kept seeing repeated yep. uh, with a lot of them was it's emotional, it's emotional, it's emotional. And what's funny is when um, so the reviews mentioned fan service, some of them said it was a negative. Some of them said it was a, a positive. So I guess it all depends on the person, right? Yeah. I mean, it depends on each individual and how they see it. So that's the stuff that stood out to me the most. Kim, you've had a chance to see some of the reactions and reviews coming out. What are the some of the key things that have stood out to you as you're reading through a lot of these reviews and, and things? Well, one is well-made film. Yeah. It's yeah. so important because there's so many of us that if other non- hardcore marvel super you know hero comic book movie fans weren't giving the review we would say it was good because we got what we wanted we got right. to see so and so and right. they brought back so and so and so and so and then they oh did you see that little easter egg there's so many other reasons why we'll love it but for a film lover just in general to say it's a well-made film that it's a good film that it hits the emotional notes Oh, let me tell you, after yesterday, someone questioning, what if this movie is terrible? I was so nervous. I've been very excited up to this point, but I was actually very nervous. I was like, oh, God, what if we get all this fan service and we see Charlie Cox come in and we see Toby and Andrew and this person and X-Men or whatever, all of our hopes and dreams. But it's just not a well-made film from a film 
critic's point of view. And I'm so relieved that it sounds like, I mean, we haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen it yet, but it sounds like it's just a good film. And that makes me really proud of the evolution of comic book films and the opportunity to reach people that might normally say, you know, from a Ridley Scott point of view, I don't want to see those comic book films. You know, it makes me happy that people outside of our, our kind of family can appreciate it. All right. I just want to throw in something here too, because I'm seeing a lot of people in the live chat who do not understand how Rotten Tomatoes works, right? I'm seeing some people, well, no, it, it, Rotten Tomatoes is a biased, flawed system because if somebody gives somebody a six out of 10, that shouldn't be counted as positive. Okay, look, you don't understand. Rotten Tomatoes, it's not, the way Rotten Tomatoes works, as somebody who is a Rotten Tomatoes critic, although I've only used it like twice in the last year, um, it's some people have this impression that, oh, you put in a score and then Rotten Tomatoes decides if the score you gave was positive or negative. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. I, as the critic, when I go into Rotten Tomatoes and register my my review on Rotten Tomatoes, the first thing I do is I register whether I feel positively about this film or I feel negatively about this film. I'm the one who gives it that. Rotten Tomatoes doesn't give it to you. I give it to it. So the first thing I do, well, besides putting in, you know, the name of the movie and whatever, then I say, is this, is this a, uh, you know, is this a tomato or is it, well, what is it? Yeah, or is it a green tomato? Is it a yeah. fresh red tomato or is it a green tomato? The critic chooses that. So the critic is the one who says, I liked this movie. Click. Or I did not like this movie. Mm. Click. And then it's arbitrary. Then it gives you the option if you want to say a score. When you're somebody like me and you got to just put in a score, I don't even pay attention. Like I did one for Free Guy and I just like, I don't know, eight out of 10, whatever. And people are saying, oh, oh, Campia, you gave it an eight out of 10. Does that mean you liked it more than that movie you gave a 7.5 out of 10 to once? And does that mean you like it less than the, the movie you gave an 8.5 to? And I say, no, it didn't matter. Didn't matter. All I was trying to say in Ron Tomatoes is that this is a really good movie. So I was saying, then I just threw in a number there for, for shits and giggles. But <laughs> a lot of people, they think that, oh, well, one critic gave it a sick. That should be a negative. No, no. The critic decided, I like this movie, so I'm going to give it this. And that's the key. That's why it's important. That's why this system is far better than any other, because there's no perfect aggregate review system. There's no perfect aggregate review system. There's just not. There's flaws to all of them. Even Metacritic, too. Yeah, even Metacritic has There's some major flaws to it. About that one. But the reason that I believe the Rotten Tomatoes is the best one to do it is because when you understand the diversity of people with vastly different tastes, if you can just get a number of them to say, we didn't like this movie or we like this movie, that just gives us as the viewers a general idea that, hey, I am likely to like this movie, doesn't guarantee it. Or I am likely to not like this movie, but it doesn't guarantee it. It just says if all these people can get that. And when you look at something like Spider-Man, a movie like Spider-Man that is doing some pretty bold, wacky things just from what we've seen in the trailers and everything, and you can get 98% of them to go, I mean, some of them think it's the greatest film of all time. Some of them think it's pretty good, but they're all saying it's good. It's a good movie. It's good. And that's all that matters. Yep. That's all that matters. Yep. Just, so that's the crazy thing. What are you going to say, Ray? I'm just saying like um, to go into a movie with like um, – in with like you know just being too serious when there's spider-man in the title of the movie i mean you just have to have fun with it you well know? see i i don't believe that 
the two have to be divorced from each other, right? Like, I don't think you either got to choose to have a fun movie or choose to have a good movie. You can do both. Right. You can make it a good movie and fun, right? Because we've seen a lot of these people. Well, because, you know, I, I remember when we would be talking about, like, Transformers 2, 3, and 4 and stuff right. like that. It's like, these movies are dog shit. And people are like, well, you just got to have fun with it. It's like, no, if it's good, I'll have fun. If it's good, I will have fun. Now, of course, there are some people who love those movies, and that's great. All films are subjective. But, I mean, for me, it's not an either-or. And what's really cool to hear coming out of Spider-Man is that they're basically saying, this is both fun and emotional and well-told, and this is a good movie. And that's the key. I, I just hate that we as film fans so often, you know, compromise and resign ourselves thinking well the movie wasn't any good but at least i mean but it had action so therefore i'll just have to take it no we as film fans can demand that we have both make it good and make it fun it's like terrible children's movies well it's for children yeah but pixar seems to know how to make a great movie that also appeals to children so why don't you too right and spider-man from what we're seeing right now seems to be that now i'm just going to go back and recheck to see if we're still sitting on 62 reviews and now we are up to 64. It's like review or it's like a uh, reaction watch again. Yeah. We are now up to 64 reviews, still holding at 98%, still just the one negative I, review. And I had a question for you, John. Yes. Like, has there ever been two studios that shared a character before? A character and actually had to have input on both sides? Because to me, like they're doing a, a pretty good job. At, uh, I mean, there, there have been many movies in, in in Hollywood history where two studios partnered together to make a movie, but like a unique situation like this where you have a Spider-Man character who is literally going to be in Sony movies and literally going to be in Marvel movies. There there was a James Bond film was that was made that Sean Connery came back to play in that wasn't actually considered an official Bond movie because it was mm. with the wrong studio and all that. So maybe the James Bond, that's a really good question. I, I can't it's think. It's just I'm saying, like, people try to find loopholes and stories and stuff like that. But when you look at the whole thing, it's like two studios trying to sh share a character. And then there's also a connected universe. I mean... Yeah, it's no, not always going to be perfect. First. You know what I mean? This is a first. We like what Sony and Marvel are doing together right now. Like, is something we have never we, we've seen it in television before. We've seen characters from TV shows cross over, but what we're seeing here between two different studios crossing over their own cinematic universes. Like when we were watching the Morbius trailer, and all of a sudden Michael Keaton pops up. Like that was something that. I can't recall ever having seen before, right? Like that is a character in an MCU movie and this is a Sony-verse movie and there he is. And when that happened, that when that first Morbius trailer dropped, it was like, wait, this is, this is unlike anything I've ever seen. And so it seems like they're kind of doubling down on that right now. So, okay, Ray, let me ask you right now. The whole review stuff last night, all the reactions... Has, has your needle moved on Spider-Man? Like, are you more excited now for Spider-Man? I, I don't know if it was possible for you to be more excited. I'm more excited for Spider-Man. You're more excited after I'm the reactions. More, but I was telling you in the chat, for some reason, now that the reviews are out, why am I getting this excitement growing for Matrix now? I think maybe my my mind just moved. <laughs> I think my mind just moved on to the next movie that I that I was kind of interested in. You know, seeing. You know what I mean? Right. Maybe it just so now you just resigned. Okay, now I know this movie's great. Now I'll start. Yeah, yeah, about the yeah. Next one. Yeah. I know, Kim, what about you? Has this, has this moved the needle for you at all? Are you more excited or are you just exactly the same as it was? What are you feeling about it? I'm just more calm. I'm, uh, not, okay. I'm not so much because yesterday I was excited, but then nervous excited. 
And so today I'm like, it's a good film. Great. Let's go. Yesterday I was like, I'm so excited. I could jump out of my skin either way. But yikes, film lovers, people that are not Marvel lovers might not like it. And that made me a little nervous. So today I'm just, I'm like, all right, let's do it. Yeah, this. because listen, I'm not going to name names. But there are a couple, a couple of the, the critics who have given their reviews, like who I know, are not, let's just say, are not big comic book movie fans. See, that's, I'm glad and we've won they're them raving over. about it. Nice. Like, there you go. That's a good sign. There you go. That's a good sign. It's like making, a, if, if they made another, an eighth season of Star Wars Clone Wars, and I said I liked it. That would that would mean Hey-o. a lot. That would mean a <laughs> lot. Love, I'm generally not love. a fan of Star Wars Clone Wars, right? But that would mean a lot. So anyway, and you know what, Ray, I can I can um I can feel you on that because I find myself now because what is the movie I've said I'm looking forward to more than Spider Man No Way Home? The Batman. I'm the Batman. The Batman is the one I'm actually I'm actually more excited about the Batman than I am but for that's far, far away <laughs> yes, down yes, there. It is. It's further down the road. It's further down the road, but, but I, but I feel, cause you're saying yeah. like hearing all these great things about Spider-Man has kind of increased your excitement for matrix. I can actually, that sounded weird to me at first when you said it, but then I thought about it for a second, I'm actually feeling myself getting even more excited for the Batman. Now it's like that, the rising tide raising right, all right. the all like, your Now ener- I'm even more excited. All your energy was put into this Spider-Man yes. and then once it's like, oh, let me think about something else now. Like you have to let your, your brain like relax for a minute, you know, yeah. too much Spider-Man. You're going to end up thinking, overthinking it, you know, just, just uh, like the reviews. So right now we are roughly uh, 40, 51 hours away from when we go over to our private theater booking to so go excited. watch Spider-Man No Way Home. But we with got Hawkeye. So and we got Hawkeye. We got tonight. Hawkeye. I can't we're not even talking about Hawkeye. Hawkeye's got the what they say is going to break the internet. Yep. Are we going to see? Oh, that's the topic for another time. Are we yeah. going to see Vincent D'Onofrio tonight? I don't know. We'll, we'll take care about, of tonight at least. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll worry about that later. But guys, the question is for you. We now actually have reviews and reactions from people who have actually seen spider-man no way home there are 60 what did i say the final number was there are 64 critic reviews registered right now out of those 64 63 of them say this is a good movie and only one didn't like it all that much it's got a 98 percent right now i'm sure that number will probably come down a little bit as you know we get another 100 reviews come in but still it's looking and sounding really good how do you guys feel about this? Does this increase your, your enthusiasm for it? Does it not really matter? Maybe you were never enthusiastic for it at all. Whatever you guys are feeling, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, we're now going to spend the rest of our time taking your comments and questions. Once again, if you want to get in a comment, not a question, but a comment that you'd like us to read, go ahead and fire it in the super chat if you're watching live. I'm going to be shutting down the super chat in about two minutes, by the way, just so you know, because I just looked over and we have like five times as many as I thought we would have in there right now. So we're going to shut down the super chat in about two minutes. If you've got a thought, opinion, comment that you want to throw in there, go ahead and do that now before I shut that thing down. And then we'll move on to the questions as well. So Kim, what do we got in these super chats? Let's do this. All right. Al Renshaw <laughs> says, John must be nervous about naming that m- bet with Kimberly. <laughs> Any no. update on the eventual punishment for John? Catch up on A. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm actually more convinced than ever that I ain't going to hit $250 million. You are? No, no. I mean, it's obviously going to hit $250 million. Not on opening weekend. 
I, I'm, what was I'm, our bet? Was it was it? Remind oh, me. Two forty nine point five. Opening weekend. Yeah. yeah, opening weekend. Okay. So two forty nine point five opening weekend. Uh, I I still feel very good that it's not gonna. Yeah, I think it's gonna do great. We it's still have do, to work out the bet. Though. Yeah, we yeah. still got to work out the bet. But I think it's gonna do gangbusters business. I even think two hundred might be possible. I just don't see it being two fifty. You know, but you are, I'm, you're still, feeling, I'm still holding on hope, y'all. I'm Two, still holding on hope. Fifty C three. Al's gonna make sure this bet happens. He's been he's been super chatting. Al has been on it. He Al has not wants to get paid. All right, what's next? Orlando Orego says, "Sorry for not saying the Rams were number one on Twitter last night. I fell asleep." Man, oh. I mean, listen, the Rams. I, if I'm not mistaken, the Cardinals, the Rams were undefeated when they played the Cardinals the first time, and the Cardinals spanked them pretty good, and then. The Rams had a number last minute. They had like four or five starters out because of COVID at the last second. Oh my gosh. And so it did not look good, but the Rams won that game last night. They looked really good doing it. All right, what's next? Cutter Hale says, took your recommendations and saw Being the Ricardos yesterday. Nice. And it was great. Javier Bardem steals the movie and man, he can sing. I'm seeing Don't Look Up Tonight and Nightmare Alley on Friday. Nice. I'm, I'm telling you, I was, look, Aaron Sorkin, he has now directed three movies. And as far as I'm concerned, all three of them are great. He did Molly's Game, which is fantastic. He did Trial of Chicago 7, which I really liked. And then now he's done being the Ricardos, which he's knocked it out of the park, park again. Park again. And with Javier Bardem, who is already, I hate that son of a bitch, because that guy is so freaking good looking. It's Love. like, it's like he just soaks up so much of the universe's good looking energy that it doesn't even enough for the rest of us. But oh, then he man. starts singing. Uh-oh. And he starts oh, singing Babalu. Sing. Babalu as he's playing the drum. I'm like, just F this guy. <laughs> just F him in his stupid effing perfect face. Anyway, so that's, Rico Suave. Uh, that's, I'm a little bitter. I'm a little bitter. <laughs> All right, what's next? Al Rinshaw said, making, sorry for misspelling, hashtag we stand with Kim. Go fuck yourself, Oh my God. Or, Orlando Orego. I like you, Al. <laughs> Orlando Orego says the review for Spider-Man looks great. Getting more excited for the movie, and it's happening on my birthday weekend. What a present! Yeah. If it's your birthday weekend, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, it, look, whenever we have a movie that we are excited to see, uh, then then that becomes, you know, it, it becomes really good that it's coming up and we're going to get to see it. And hearing the reviews being positive, that just makes you feel extra good. All right. Oh, sorry, Kim. I forgot to turn the fan on your camera on and the and your thing went out. So we're not going to see your face for a minute or two before I before I'm able to reset it. But well, anyway, what's next? What a tragedy for my face. Okay, A. Marcellus says, just sending a follow-up reminder to the question I sent a few months ago as Anthony MR, you were open to the idea of a progress report on phase four so far, once Spider-Man came out. I do not recall yeah, what man. it is we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't All know right. what a what do you mean by progress report? Because again, remember, uh, if you sent in a question a few months ago, A. Marcellus, that probably, without exaggerating, we've probably had ten to 15,000 other topics come up between now and then. So I can't exactly what you mean. I don't know exactly what you mean by that. Um, if you're asking where are we at as far as phase four? Yeah, or when you know, does it start? And what do you well, think if they we should be updated? I, 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 I would say this. I still need to see Spider-Man. So give me until after we see Spider-Man, Marcellus, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll circle back around that. But I haven't seen the movie yet to get a sense about where we are as far as Phase 4 goes and where it could be going. 
I, I got to see that one. And I was invited to go to one, not the premiere. I wasn't invited to the premiere. I've never been invited to a Spider-Man premiere, but I was Shucks. invited to a press screening last night that I passed up. Um, so we're going to see it on Thursday. And once I do, then we will know. All right, what's next? Cutter Hale says, the character on Yellowstone you were talking about is Beth. And I Beth, agree, yeah. she's a bad bitch. I can't wait for the big surprise this Thursday. The I'm so excited. Okay, by the way. By Kelly Riley, that's the actress. By the way. It. Oh, is there some tea? Little tease here. So word got out about how much I like Yellowstone. Oh, boy. If you get invited to the set, I have to come with I have not been invited to the set. <laughs> I have not, but I have not been invited to the set. But you guys know, I have been talking about Yellowstone uh, for a while because I was late to the party. I just got on on board with Yellowstone maybe about a month or so ago. I binged the first couple of seasons in just a, a matter of days and really got rolling on it. So you guys know I am in love with this with this show. Love it. So a word kind of starts circulating how much uh -oh. I love it. So uh, Jefferson White, who plays uh, who plays Jimmy on Yellowstone. Uh he's gonna come on the show. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm just gonna do like a, a quick five, ten minute conversation with him. We're we're just gonna jump online together and have a quick conversation talking about Yellowstone. Talk about he's actually the host for the official as well, the official Yellowstone podcast. Oh wow. So nice. he's also hosting he does that from Vegas. So awesome. uh he and I are gonna jump on uh jump on a, a Skype this week and we're going to talk about Yellowstone and then I'll play it for our show. We're not going to do it live, but we're, I'll play it for the show probably either later this week or, or late next week. But I, I'm just, I'm so freaked out by this show. Oh, I love wow. Yellowstone so much. So I'm pretty stoked about you that. You know, it'd be crazy What's if that? on your show, he reveals that Andrew and Toby are next season. Uh, next Yellowstone. season of Yellowstone. <laughs> Yeah. All right. What's next? Mark Neto says the 98% Rotten Tomatoes is not bad so far for Spidey. And John, I think you missed my question last night in the companion video. Just oh. saying. Oh, if I did, Mark, I'm sorry. I, I mean, sometimes, um, especially when I'm doing them solo, sometimes in, in having to scroll through the questions, I'd like to say it never happens. But once in a while, I'll accidentally scroll by one. And my deepest apologies if I did. Anyway, you're right. 98%. For Spider-Man No Way Home, I, I look. I set the over/under at eighty-seven, and if it was eighty-seven, I would still say that's great. But at ninety-eight, yeah, I, I'd say that's uh, I'd say that's a pretty yeah. good one, Mark. That's a pretty good one. All right, what's next? Griffin Harer says all of the non-spoiler reactions I have seen have me so hyped. I have a feeling I'm going to cry. T minus one point five days and counting. LFG. I, I mean, hearing the words "emotional" repeated so many times. That, because look, it takes, anybody can, can listen, a fifth grader can say, I, I want to see five Spider-Man fighting all the villains and then Superman drops a rock on his head. Like any five-year-old can do that. Can you be a filmmaker that does stuff like that and make it emotionally re resonate with the audience and actually have a good narrative that flows like that's where the trick is and it sounds like they actually were able to do that so I again maybe i'll hate it when i see it i don't know maybe i'll watch it and i hate it but it's pretty good to hear what we're hearing so far i'm pretty excited all right what's next Baby Boy 8603 says Guy Ritchie's newest film, Operation Fortune, and Nicolas Cage's new film, Playing Himself with Pedro Pascal, looks great. 
Uh, yes, it's called the un, what's it called again? It's called the, the unbearable um, weight of the unbearable talent. weight of insane talent or something like that. <laughs> anyway, Which is basically Nick Cage's life. It's Let's Nick Cage playing it. himself, and they showed us like 15 minutes of it at CinemaCon a few months ago. Oh, I didn't know you saw some. Yeah, they they showed us about 10, 15 minutes of it, and it was, it was. You know what the funny thing about it was? I think I I might be wrong about the order, but I think it was. Studio presentation was just doing this presentation for American Underdog, the upcoming movie with Zachary Levi about the, the true life story of Kurt Warner. And they're talking about being faith-based film. And there's, there's really an underserved demographic in the movies that approve that and blah, we're doing this great wholesome film and blah, blah, blah. As soon as that presentation was done, <laughs> guy comes out, fucking Nick Cage <laughs> in the unbearable land. And we, we just thought that was, that was, that was, kind, that was kind of funny. All right, what's next? Suthia says, speaking of multiverse, trailer for new Michelle Yeoh movie, everything, everywhere, all at once, oblivious to who she truly is, becomes a reluctant hero. We just watched that trailer this just morning. Just watched it five Just watched ago. it this morning. Yes. You know, you guys know, I, I've I've got soft tinglies in my heart for Michelle <laughs> Yeoh. I, I love Michelle Yeoh. I don't care what you put her in. I don't care what it is she's doing. She was even, what was that terrible, terrible Netflix movie, action movie that was just out? Milkshake. Uh, Milk, Gunpowder Milkshake. Gunpowder Milkshake. Gunpowder Milkshake, which is just awful. Oh, wow. Just awful. Karen Gillan. And, and I love everybody Carly in that Gino, movie. Yeah. But even in there, I'll watch Michelle Yeoh all day. And I don't care what anybody else says, including Robert Meyer Burnett. Rob. Robert. She's great in Discovery. I love her in Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> She's awesome in that. Both her personas in that. So this Everything Everywhere All at Once trailer came out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's so A24. It it told well totally with is. a little bit more of a fun edge to it than your typical A24 kind of, you know. Jamie the Curse was unrecognizable. I I just thought I mean, it looked weird and bonkers. And just seeing Michelle Yeoh, and listen, when Michelle Yeoh starts doing martial arts, it's so sad. Whether it's in Shang Chi or whatever, when she starts doing martial arts, it's like, okay, my day is set. My day. She has such a beautiful grace to the way she moves, and oh, just her voice, even just the way, she, like, even in my Crazy Rich Asians. In Crazy Rich Asians, do you see her in Crazy? Like yes. she, she can carry a power, whether she's just standing in a room talking. Or whether she whips out a sword and starts wrecking fools. I love Michelle. She's Yeoh. a lioness. She Every is. time I hear yeah, her yeah. voice, see her move, it's like a lioness. Yeah, she's totally a lioness. So you're saying you're not a fan. <laughs> yeah, I hate her. Yeah, damn. I hate her so much. Too bad. All right, what's next? Casey Mack says, new trailers drop today. First, everything, everywhere, all at once, which stars Michelle Yeoh. And it looks crazy, but what do you expect? It's A24. I, I mean, looks, but quickly. Oh, there's more. Again, but yeah, but, but quickly. I don't expect that from A24. You know, I don't expect that from A24. That's not what I'm looking for. Like, really? it's usually the, the like, again, you look at Ghost or Ghost Story. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, you lean a little bit more towards that. This was a little bit more edgier fun than I was expecting. So, yeah. Anyway, what was the second part of it? Second part is, then you had the unbearable weight of massive talent, and it looks hilarious, but also Nicolas Cage. Yeah, again, they showed us a bunch of stuff at it at CinemaCon. Honestly, it can go either way. Like, I'm watching it and I'm laughing a lot at the stuff they were showing us. But I'm also thinking, 
this could be truly awful. <laughs> like, at the same, like, a lot of the stuff they're showing is pretty fun and bonkers. And you're like, okay, how I'm trying to extrapolate it in my head, but I'll stretch this into an hour and 45 minute movie. And it really could go either way. It could be like utterly brilliant, like marking the return of Nicolas Cage. Or it could really be really bad. So Look, let me I, tell I don't you, know. after Pig, his return has been marked. After Pig and uh, the Killers of Ghostland, his return is like, he's here. Isn't he a Mandy too right now? Yeah, but, but that's, that's, that was a while. Oh, okay. He's got a couple of things that have been looking good, but I don't know. I, I just know I would love to see the return of Nick. Like really, truly the return Freaking of Nick Cage. I would love him. to see it. All right, what's next? He's going to be in Spider-Man. No, <laughs> Cutter Hale says, when did it become going to watch a movie at the theaters? Isn't the correct term. I'm going to see a movie. I've always said going to see, but just me. Look, my grandma said I'm going to the theater. So I don't know how you want to break this down. Um, I <laughs> to watch Ben Affleck's or what is it? Ben Affleck. Affleck. <laughs> to the theater. That's how I grew up. Ben Affleck, that new movie by Dennis Villanueva. <laughs> Work with me, y'all. Or I can stay home and watch Tick, Tick, Boom. <laughs> Who doesn't love Snoop Dogg? Even love when Snoop he makes a mistake, you <laughs> love him more. Come on. <laughs> All right. What's next? Oh, God. Suthius says. No, I think. Oh, no, you're right. It is Suthius. Yeah. You just didn't answer the question. All right. <laughs> how how All do you right. say yeah. it? How do you say it? What's how, the, how, how do you going say to the theater? I, I I I don't know. I probably say it both. I probably say it fifty different ways. Uh, all I know for me, it's a good day. Every day I know I'm going to the movies is a good day for me. So that nice. that's all I know. Nice. All right, Suthia says because of my schedule, I can only see a nine forty five p.m. showing of No Way Home. Went to buy tickets for Saturday, thinking it'd be full. Seating chart showed five people well i mean look Whoa. at all the look there's, everyone's going there's like one. 15 different explanations for that uh explanation number uh one first of all everybody bought their tickets for thursday and friday and earlier shows on saturday number two it is a 9 45 show what is the most likely explanation is this it's a theater they just added that would happen all the time like i would be at um We'd be at AMC Burbank 16, which is where, you know, when I was working with AMC, that's where our studios were, right? And what would happen all the time when a huge movie was opening at AMC Burbank 16, and I still remember this for the opening night of Avengers. Out of the 16 screens, they had like five screens were showing Avengers, like five screens were showing Avengers that night. And once they all sold out, they added a sixth. And then ah, once that see. sold out, they added a seventh. By the end of the evening, all 16 theaters were playing Avengers, the first Avengers movie. Oh my God. And so what is very likely here, Suthius, depending on where you live, because I don't know where you live, but if you live in like St. Louis or New York or Cleveland or Los Angeles, whatever, what my guess is, is that you lucked out and you happen to check in after they've added another screen because every all their other screens is full so again many different possible explanations and maybe you live in a place where you know you've got a theater with 55 seats and only 60 people live there i mean i don't know but there could be a lot of potential explanations for that also just goes to show that ain't gonna make 250 million opening week so stamp it maybe it's because stamp it's already it. sold 250 million <laughs> it very well could be they don't need to fill it we'll up we'll find so. out all right what's next 
Anthony B says, if Kim's dream comes true, I need a link to her Swami slash stock tips oh, website. Oh, about Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> what was the other one? It was Matthew McConaughey as Uncle as Ben. Uncle Morales. Ben. And, what was and the other then one? Miles Morales. Oh, and Miles Morales. Yeah. There you go. And yeah. 250 million, which is more likely, you, more likely that Matthew McConaughey shows up as Uncle Ben than 250 million. <laughs> oh, woo! He wants to go there today. Okay. My Comic Planet says, John, stop the press. Forget No Way Home talk. Tonight's episode of The Flash, we finally get to see those damn gold boots. Tonight on the John Campia YouTube channel, Gold Boot Watch. And there it is. Gold boots. And there it is. Signing off. Nothing. And there they are, the gold boots. We're done. Good night, everybody. Oh, my God. All right. What's next? All right. Anthony B says, my brain is about to melt from media this week. <laughs> yeah. Hawkeye tomorrow, Spider-Man twice tomorrow, Wheel of Time, and The Witcher on Friday. Ooh. Oh, I keep forgetting, but I thought it was Dude, yesterday. watch your screener, bro. No, it's, it's, I said it was Monday. Then I went, to, I started to get some stuff prepped. And they were, oh, no, no, no. My, my screening of The Witcher is tonight. Oh. Tonight. So they're sending me an advance... They're, okay, so here's what's happening. They're doing a virtual premiere of The Witcher Season 2, and which is only out in a couple of days. It's only a few days away. Mm -hmm. But they're inviting, they invited a few people to watch the streaming virtual premiere and to watch the, 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 uh, and to watch it early. So I'm going to be watching some Witcher tonight before later tonight watching Hawkeye Episode 5 oh with Ray, who has been marinating some Korean wings. Oh, no. For, Korean. No. Didn't I say thighs, Korean, Korean oh, barbecue thighs. Korean Overnight. thighs. Yeah, we're going to barbecue that. Dang, man. And so if you're watching Witcher, that means I'll go home for a few hours, play some Xbox, and come back for Hawkeye. Because <laughs> yeah. I haven't watched The Witcher, so. Oh, yeah. Well, which it's, I was going to watch for a bit, and it's, it's like 4 o'clock our time. Because it's like 7 oh. p.m. Eastern, so it's only like 4 o'clock in the afternoon mm. our oh. time. So anyway, there's that. All right, what's next? My Comic Planet says, well, Variety has done it again. Their latest review of No Way Home is full of spoilers. And with full plot details, what the F are they doing over there? I had somebody write to me this morning to say, you know, hey, John, what what the F is going on with Variety? Like, just read the review and it's just full with the, it's just filled with the plot. Now, I have not gone over then to read Variety's mm -hmm. review. Yeah. Because I don't want to know the full plot. Uh -uh. But look, Variety is one of the outlets that I... I mean, we quote Variety here all the time. They are one of the, if not the, number one most reliable, absolute, concrete, take it to the bank news sources. And if you're putting out reviews like with full plot details in it, I say this as a big fan of Variety, and I will continue to be a big fan of Variety. We we call that I I'm so glad they're there. I'm so glad they do what they do. But go fuck yourself, Variety. Yeah. If you're just like writing out the entire plot. And again, I haven't read it myself, but what the hell are you doing over so there? No, like, do you think you're cool? Do you think you're just. Or are you just clueless? Are you just clueless? Anyone else gets to see the movie. Like, uh, because people go to read the review, not thinking, like, we're thinking we're going to go get your general impressions, what kind of worked, what kind of doesn't, without telling us specifically <laughs> about what's going on. Again, maybe you're not reading it right, My Comic Planet. I haven't read the... No, I'm a lot of people have been saying it in the chat, too. Yeah, Variety spelled all this stuff, and I read. I mean, I read what some people are bringing up in the chat, so... Um, very disappointing. Very disappointing. And yeah. Variety's great, because, you know, Variety, this is beneath you. Do better. Do you think ticket sales could take a small, tiny hit from stuff like that? No. 
No. Where like someone because there's been video games where I've I've read like full on spoilers just to see if it it's a game I liked and it stopped me from buying a game before. See, I'm different. I will actually watch like the full seven hour cutscene movie of a game and go, okay, that was great. I'm gonna get the game. Oh, <laughs> and then I go okay. and get the game. So I'm person but I mean the tickets have already been sold. I mean, that's Okay. Thing. Yeah, I, you're right. And I think a lot of average moviegoers way. probably aren't as sensitive to right. to to spoilers like the hardcore fans are. <laughs> well, we so, are. Uh, Stop. Yeah. yeah no, the true. spoilers in general suck. Before you can even watch a movie, it doesn't matter what genre it's in. All right. What's next? Mr. Hank Dunn says Kingpin kills Kate tonight. Calling it. What? Right. I I would be happy. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Bruh. The hate. The hate. I remember the we, hate. I used to do, and then I would produce a Arrow after show, and I wasn't on it. But I think it was Jason Inman. It was my my wife Ann Campia. It was Kaori Takei, and it might have been was it Michael Mendia? Was yeah, Mike my, Men my, my yeah, Mendia. I, I, I think and, it was Mendia. I, yeah. I might be mispronouncing Mike's last name. I haven't seen Mike in a while, mm -hmm. but. So I hadn't been on the show in a while because I kind of I kind of checked out of Arrow because I loved that show, but then I kind of checked out of it for a bit. So I wasn't on the after show. But then the episode, I really didn't like what they did with the Laurel Lance character on that show. And so then on the episode where Laurel Lance dies, they were doing the show and then they got to the point and said, well, you know, it's this, this episode, Laurel Lance dies. And I had gotten a party hat and like the oh party thing. <laughs> and I ran onto the set throwing confetti. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Captain Buckles is dead. She dead. Yeah, it was oh all happening. So yeah, if we You're see so Kingpin show up tonight and kill Kate Bishop, oh I'll be like, woo! No, listen, Kate Bishop's actually growing on me. Okay, yeah. and to be honest, Kate Bishop's grown. I didn't really like her character too much in the first two episodes, but she has been growing on me. She has been growing on me. All right, what's next? Caden Stab says one big surprises. Big surprises. Big surprises. <laughs> two chef pleasures. Oh. Three, I don't read. Four, <laughs> we need more tomatoes. Five, hashtag Ray train jokes aside, words can't describe how pumped I am for No Way Home. Oh man, that train. <laughs> well, I can't remember. What was the train joke? It was like, get on that Ray train and oh, stay off Ray social train. media. Because I've been off social media for the longest time and I just got on it and now everyone's getting off of it. So, <laughs> so it's like, am I <laughs> late to the party everywhere? <laughs> All right. What's next? Oh, unbeatable says got tickets for Thursday at 3 p.m. Nice. Just got to watch the internet now. I've already heard Bruce. Bruce oh. Willis. Bruce Willis shows up <laughs> and has been a ghost the whole time, and Rosebud ends up being just a goddamn sled. Uh, <laughs> they start. That's a true. That's the real multiverse. Oh yeah, M now, Night. If they then if they can throw in Kaiser Soze, you got the full cinematic universe <laughs> crossover there of, of all of all the great spoilers. M Night is the watcher. He has his hands oh, in everything. Oh, oh Lord. Al Shaw says chef pleasures and big surprises. Is all, all we need. All we need, baby. <laughs> Al Renshaw, the bet maker. All right, bet what's maker. next? Scotty H says, I know all the reviews for No Way Home are great, but have to show some love for The Witcher Season 2. Rotten Tomato score is 95%, Ooh. which is a 27% increase from Season 1. Can't wait to see your reactions for this. Great property. Listen, I'll tell you what. When The Witcher started, I was liking it. Like, I, I liked Witcher Season 1. But when they got to that point in the season where you realized that uh, 
How, how do I explain this? So in season one, you know, it's like any show. They, she, they, you see this character doing a bunch of things. Then you see this other character doing a bunch of things. And this character doing <laughs> okay. a bunch of things. But then when you realize later in the season, oh my God, this isn't happening, lin- this isn't happening linearly. This is happening at different time frames. Like when we see what's going on with this character in this town, and then we see what's going on over in this town, that's not happening at the same time. These are happening at different points in time. And then this thing happens in the show when you actually see the convergence of the different storylines. And I'm like, oh my God, like I, I'm sure it had been done before, but I remember thinking to myself, I had never seen like a narrative path like that. I had never seen that kind of done before in a show. And I was so overwhelmed because I was like, I like this show. This is pretty good. This is good. Then I'm like, oh my God. And I saw what they were doing from a storytelling point of view. And then I just went crazy for Witcher after that. So yeah, I'm very excited about season two, man. Very excited. All right, what's next? Right on. Jordan Everett says, this time tomorrow, I'll be watching No Way Home. Let's go. Yeah, I guess where you live. But yes, that's awesome. The time is coming. We are 50 hours away. 50 hours away over here. All right, what's next? Ryan Lawner says, last minute Hawkeye predictions. Wolverine. <laughs> nailed it. Mostly because the number on the watch's auction tag is the comic issue where the X-Men meet the Avengers. Oh, Because so, that okay. makes sense. So Ryan, <laughs> who is one of our great viewers. Yes, Ryan's awesome. Just summarized <laughs> everything wrong with comic book movie fans. It's like, well, wait, I, I thought in episode four that the tires were blue. That means the blue beetle is coming with the scarab. Um, is Grandpa yeah. reading my comics again? <laughs> yeah, we listen seriously. We comic book movie fans, we will look. I mean, still nothing to me will ever top that when the first Infinity War spot started to come out that showed Thanos. And Thanos had, everybody forgets this now, but Thanos has those three scars. Mm-hmm. And I still remember when it was no longer theory. I remember that. According <laughs> to the comic book movie fans, it was a fact. Wolverine is in Infinity War. How I've else? I've never heard of that. How oh. else? Oh, it Could was Thanos legit. get three scratches on his face? Yes. Can't be anything else. And it, listen, whenever these theories come up and then it turns out they're, that they're wrong, everybody just forgets about them. There was a lot of support for that theory at the time. Yeah. And I'm like, guys, come on. They would have bathed in that glory. Movie. They would have bathed in that glory if it's that came clear. through. What else could scratch Thanos' face? The, the watch number is the also the issue of blood. That's what we do, Ryan. Well, but That's wait, we but do. wait. If there I is think... some significance to the number... He's going to come back. Oh, yeah. Because, and listen, in Ryan's defense, in Ryan's defense, in Marvel movies, they've done that before where, like, there will be something on something that will be an Easter egg as a number reference. But I can't remember any time where it has been actually a foreshadowing. I've seen it be an Easter egg. I've never seen it been a legitimate foreshadowing, like something significant. Yeah, like, like significant. maybe that's in there just as fine because we saw it in WandaVision. There were a couple of times where number came up, that numbers came up that were a direct reference to something that happened in a Wanda comic, but that wasn't actually a foreshadowing of what was going to happen in the show. Mm. It was just, just an, an Easter, Easter egg. egg. Yeah. So uh, maybe there's an Easter egg there, Ryan. But well, okay, yeah. But now I'm going to have to do a five minute apology video if Wolverine shows up tonight. So just saying, right? just saying. All right, what's next? Josie Reviews says, John, how are you loving your Tesla? I hear Teslas don't have a new car smell. They have Elon Musk. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Elon and the mud. Show your faith, John. John, you can't control it. You can't control I'll, it. I'll give you the He's drum hit. I'll give you the drum hit for that. I love it, Josie. But I will say this. Man, best super chat I've Damn, ever Damn, I awesome. love my Tesla. Yeah. Uh I it, it, I mean, obviously it's the best car I've ever had because I drive junk. Uh, no disrespect to my beloved Toyota CHR. I actually really did like my Toyota CHR, but I, I've always spent like a maximum of like 50 bucks on my cars. Like I, I've never drone, dr driven good cars or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I, so I got Anna Tesla and I just, I fell so in love with it. I had to go and get myself one. And I will tell you, it has changed. I don't like driving. Now I'm looking for excuses to get out of the house and go drive somewhere. Oh wow! Like I, I just get in that car. I've like you touch the gas and your liver, liver, your liver presses up against your spine. Like the acceleration in this wow. car is like nothing I've ever felt before. But what I love the most is the autopilot. Like I'm on a highway, whatever, and you get in traffic. I don't care. I turn on autopilot, and then I load up Hulu on my phone and. <laughs> Chulu, as my car does the stop and go traffic and takes me through where I'm going, I was just like, this is awesome. I love this car. I love wow. this car so much. And I, I now I know what the hype has been like, what, what the hype has been about for all these years. Because I'm like, I can't ever drive anything other than this again. Nice. I mean, maybe the maybe another company makes a better electric car at some point. But I can't imagine ever not having like a full featured electric car again. Like I, I'm, I'm, I've got to say, I love it. I, I never splurge on myself, but I splurged on myself on this Tesla. I'm really glad awesome. I did. All right. What's next? Degovi says one review said that this movie not only cements John Watts on the same level as the Russo brothers, but also as one of the best directors in Hollywood, incredibly excited for Thursday. I don't buy that at all. Like, and just He's because better like, than listen, Spielberg. there's, you're going to hear anything from a critic somewhere at some point. I'm sure there's a critic out there who's going to say this movie is dog shit. I mean, so I, and look, even if this movie is as good as what a lot of people are saying it is, it doesn't make you, I'm sorry, three films does not put you on Scorsese's level. Three films does not put you on, you know, uh, Antoine Fuqua's level. Three films do not put you on, um, Spielberg level three films do not put you on you know, whoever it, it, it just doesn't so I mean that's great that one critic said that who cares what one critic says uh, it, it doesn't matter you can get you can hear anything you want to hear from one critic so I wouldn't read too much into that now I say that as somebody who hasn't seen the movie yet but I mean the vast majority of critics are not saying this is even the best Spider-Man movie yet you get a couple of critics that say they are, and you'll get, I, I read one that said, this is the best Marvel movie ever. Okay, that's great. But that's out of what's going to be hundreds of them. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into that, Dagovi. But then again, maybe I'll be saying the same thing once I see it. All right, what's next? Chris Barcena says, Ray coming in with the quote of the night. During Reaction Watch last night, they don't have enough tomatoes. Yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> that's where it came from because we were talking about this. And it's like, well, Ray, it's still holding 100%. How's that? He's like, no, they don't have enough tomatoes. Need more tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was like one of the best quotes of the night. All right. What's next? Rylan Holman sends in a 1999 Super Chat. Thank you, man. Thank you, dude. So I'm rewatching all the Spider-Man movies to prep for No Way Home. Oh. Watching Spider-Man 2, I 
I noticed something. How can MJ get mad at Peter for recreating the spider kiss when she also did? Totally hypocritical. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I have no idea what Rylan's talking about, but... Cool, man. Okay. <laughs> but he's joking, so all right. There we go. But look, again, I am very curious to see how the MJ character actually develops because we don't talk a lot about MJ. And like ever since... They revealed, it's still a very odd choice that they, while this is not Mary Jane Watson, they decided to give her the name MJ. I forget what they say MJ actually stands for mm. in the original movie, but it's not Mary Jane. So to actually not make this Mary Jane, but they still call her MJ. And I've always felt this, because like, I'll be honest with you, in the first Spider-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming, mm -hmm. I like the first girl that he had a crush on. <laughs> the one that actually, oh, the yeah. one that is Vulture's daughter. Oh, right, right, right. Like, I liked her. Uh, probably more than MJ, but as the movies have progressed, I've really grown to like her a lot, and I've been very curious to see how they're going to use her and evolve her as these movies progress. All right, what's next? All right. This is coming from Alan Gonzalez. When I hear spoilers, by the time I see the movie, I forget. Also, even when watching a movie that I've seen many times, I think it might end differently. <laughs> that is a gift. I wish I could go into movies I love already and totally forget what happens in it just so I could experience that again. So Alan, consider that a gift. All right, what's next? Dexter Suo says, woke up to two awesome trailers, Michelle Yeoh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Nick Cage, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Yeah, I, again, I, I have been looking forward, I mean, if for nothing else and for really curiosity to see how this Nick Cage movie is going to turn out. Because like I said, it could be like the best thing we've ever seen and it could be really awful, but we will find out. But yeah, that Everything Everywhere All at Once with Michelle Yeoh, um, I, I, this movie's not even been on my radar. Like, I think I heard about it once a while ago, but it has not been on my radar at all. And then just to suddenly pop on that trailer and go, okay, this looks damn good. I'm actually really taken with this. All right. Nice. What's next? Alan Gonzalez says also, Ray, that Spider-Man has two left hands. Does he? I don't think so. He's Can got a thumbs. One? I think his thumbs are on the right end, yeah. the right sides. He's doing some pole action right now though. It's all about pole action. Ray <laughs> loves pole action. All right, what's next? Oh. Boy, I shouldn't have said that. I take that back. I regretted that immediately. Oh, man. Fake news, baby. I was thinking about something else, then I really totally realized, oh. whoa, what does that sound like I'm saying? Oh, Not what boy. I meant to come across. Okay. Completely regret it already. <laughs> what's next? You're going to turn this brown girl red, completely, I swear. Completely, completely regretted it. David the moment Tate. I said it. David Tate says... Long time watcher, first time super chat. A little late, but I managed to snag a center seat for myself for No Way Home opening night at Laser IMAX with the NFT. So that's got to be at an AMC, and that's great that you were able to to secure that. Again, we are just for some of you guys like twenty four hours away, depending on where you are. International friends are for some of us a little over forty eight hours away, and the time is nigh. My film-loving brothers and sisters, the time is nigh. <laughs> All right, what's next? Hammy Reacts says, tried to resist Reaction Watch, but I was too weak. <laughs> Nobody can resist Reaction Watch. Even me. Even I, was re I was resisting all day with Texas to John. <laughs> uh, with all the excuses I could think of, but I came in. He did. He did, and he soldiered through it. All right, <laughs> what's next? Earfan Dagman sends in a 2425 super chat. Thank you, friend. Appreciate that, man. Hey, John, why is it that actors are given so much importance? I was doing an action scene in Dubai, and the superstar I was um, fighting along did not show up because he just didn't feel like it. I, I Honestly, 
listen, this is something I get crap for all the time, but I, I try to say quite often why, and I've asked this question myself, why do we give so much importance to the actors in the movie? Don't get me wrong. The actors are super important. Obviously they are. Some of my best friends are actors. I mean, they're, they're vital, but so is the cinematographer. Mm -hmm. And the actor is reciting lines that somebody else wrote inhabiting a character that somebody else came up with under the direction that somebody else is directing. And again, I'm, I'm not saying that actors roles, the role of the actor is not vitally important. Of course it is. It absolutely is. You know, when this really became a big issue, uh, a bunch of years ago when like, should actors be able to get like uh, percentages of movie box oh, yes. office, right? Mm -hmm. And look, you you don't get, as, as Rob would say, you don't get what you deserve, you get what you negotiate. And if you can negotiate that in your contract, great. But there was this big discussion about whether actors deserve to have that. Like an actor who got paid like half a million dollars in a movie that ended up making $500 million. And a lot of people in my live chats would be, well, that person deserves to get more then. I'm like, why? Why does that person deserve to get more? And I, I would say this. Um, did the cinematographer get more? Did the gaffer who worked 18 hours a day on yep. that set, like prior to the new union agreement, did the gaffer who got 18, had to work 18 hour days and worked himself to the bone, are they giving him bonus checks? Are they giving bonus checks to this person and this person and this person and that person? No. And then I said, here's this. Let's say the movie tanked and lost a hundred million dollars. Should that actor give back some of their half a million dollar contract? No then why should they get more? And people, whoa, you hate actors. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that's life. That's life. It, and I'm like, if I agree to do a job to go in and like, if I agree to make chairs for a restaurant, then I make the chairs and I agree, I'll make these chairs for $50,000. Mm -hmm. And I make these chairs for $50,000. The guy gives me $50,000. Well, if that restaurant goes on to be super successful because customers can come in and sit on my chairs, do I deserve to have that restaurant owner give me more no just as much as if that restaurant went out of business i shouldn't have to give him some of my money back but again it, it all comes from a place that we in this culture we put the actors on this huge pedestal on this massive pedestal like they are the gods of olympia and i love actors i'm enamored with actors i am completely but i, I agree i don't know why we as fans give so much importance to the actors and uh but we do and, and even i do i catch myself that i do it sometimes too but but if rand is right we we kind of idolize the actors as if they're the most important things and they're a very important thing but they're not the be-all end-all of what'll make a movie good so i don't know and once you're on set the when you see how many people put yeah, in yeah, to yeah. a film how many people work so hard and so many hours how many people were up at the butt crack of dawn before the actor got there and they're the last one to leave it's such a it's such a communal effort obviously the actors first and you know their face is on everything but that's why i love um you know i think award shows have their place but i love when there's other awards for cinematographer for sound for editing yeah. because it's it's a group effort all right anyway what's next randy suye matsu 
Yeah, right? Yeah. That's okay. really well done. So, thanks. <laughs> Work with me now. Um, from what I'm hearing so far, it sounds like the entire MCU for getting Spidey for now is still a possibility. Maybe a way to reset the franchise. That's been the, the predominant theory that somebody brought up to me that I was like, yeah, that sounds like it makes a lot of sense. Now, yeah. there are people out there now who know whether that's true or not. I do not. But yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. All right, what's next? Ron Frazier says, I enjoyed watching Reaction Watch this morning, seeing Spider-Man Thursday night and Sunday night let's go and, and hike him hike. listen i i am bursting at this point i cannot wait to get to the theater and watch this oh movie. my gosh like I'm so i excited. i am I'm so, so excited to enjoy it with our with our community with, with a number of our viewers are going to be coming and watching yeah, it with us as well so and some of our friends and stuff like that and for those of you in our community who's going to be there i'm going to be there kim's going to be there ray's going to yeah. be there uh, i think aaron cummings is going to be there uh, Rob's going to be there. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Am I the only one excited to see if they have like limited edition popcorn buckets and cups? <laughs> yes. Is that just like a fat person thing? <laughs> because Man, that's all I think too. about. And Anne told me the last um, big that. the last big movie that you guys went to, they ran out of the limited edition cup that she was talking about some limited edition cup and they ran out by the time you guys got there they to watch it. They so ran out that yeah. we literally just got a plain white cup. Oh. That's how much they ran out of all the cups. I keep forgetting what movie it was. Though. I can't. I can't remember. But I remember the last being big, a plain white. Big, big, yeah. yeah, I just remember it being a plain white cup. All right, what's next? K Major says, "Same here, Hammy. I was weak, John. These watch videos are the best things. <laughs> Only issue is I'm in New York City, so I'm up at 1:30 to 2 a.m. Who needs sleep? Yeah, that yeah. is one of the drawbacks. But you know, it's funny because Ray and I were talking last night. Like these have been a lot of fun. I loved doing Ticket Watch and I loved doing Reaction Watch. It was actually a lot of fun, and actually, it's actually pretty interesting. Like following on Oz, this stuff actually breaks." The, the trick, though, is, and Ray and I were talking about this last night after the show, was, like, I, you can't do this very often. Like, there is not going to be a ticket watch for Morbius. Uh-uh. Morbius ain't going to break yeah. 150 million opening weekend. It's not, we, so we don't need to do, it's not going to crash ticket websites. I'm super excited for Morbius. Reaction watch would work for Morbius. Just because all of yes. us are curious to see what it's going to do of an unknown property to most people. And of course, speaking of Morbius, a lot of people very curious because, of course, Jared Leto at the red carpet last night uh, for the movie, which may or may not mean anything. Yeah, still. But yeah, I, maybe we do re reaction watch for that. But even then, I don't know. There's there would be as much attention on it. Right. As there is for Spider-Man. Maybe Doctor Strange, too. Maybe it would, it would all depend on this next movie that we're going to yeah. see on Thursday. You That's know, true. It'll all unfold, I think. All right. What's next? Hammy reacts, says, in UK, Hawkeye in the morning, no way home at night. Can't wait. Yeah, and again, Ooh. for us in Los Angeles, it's Hawkeye tonight. tonight. We were watching yeah, Hawkeye yeah. episode five tonight. Okay, can I just say, normally, when we talk about, oh, do you think some fans will be upset if their theories don't come true? It's like, well, that's on the fans. Oh, man. The directors we... of Hawkeye said, episode five, to break the internet. <laughs> yes there so you go now it's like all right i mean you got me hyped but now if ain't nothing happened worth getting excited about it ain't the fans fault now now it's not the fans fault now it's your fault so you just set the bar dude and yeah. so they, they better and it doesn't have to be kingpin it doesn't have to be vincent d'onofrio it doesn't have to be in that but there better be something pretty big that oh, happens. There better you're be gonna something. Stay what makes it worse is we're all kind of exhausted from the week already. Oh, like, haven't yeah. got a lot. And we're going to stay up to watch this Hawkeye. So 
It's either sleep. <laughs> or... <laughs> no, it's well, we gotta do Hawkeye. We gotta I just do don't Hawkeye. want an engineer let down. You know what I'm yeah. saying? No, Craig, I really even don't want then, that. Even then. I mean, that wasn't the director, mind you, but they did write that in there. I mean, and... but, but, but honestly, when you look back at that whole line about the engineer, what happened? It was just a character talking, saying, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm going to do this. I got an engineer friend, blah, 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 ran blah. with it. <laughs> Where's we, <Reed> Richards? <laughs> we are the ones, including me, <laughs> yep. including me. We are the ones who took that completely benign line <laughs> and went this means something it said 638 on it which is the same issue in the comic but like that's uh, we made that something of us. it to be they honest could... with you that wasn't their fault that was ours they could say the plumber's coming like mario, mario. <laughs> all right what's next Rylan Holman says in 2022, I hope you continue the ticket reaction, whatever watch. So much fun. When a, when it's a movie that justifies doing it, because we haven't had one like Spider-Man No Way Home in years. So when there are movies that justify it, we'll, we'll find excuses to do it. All right. What's next? Zach MTV says, hey, y'all love the show. I have a prediction for the Hawkeye episode tonight. I think that Val, Sharon Carter and Kingpin will all show up tonight. Oh, I'm actually really surprised how many people people think Sharon Carter Sharon Carter has no connection to the story whatsoever and but I but I've been hearing from a lot of people who've been running and saying they think Sharon yeah. Carter's gonna show there is nothing narratively that ties Sharon Carter to this there's a under also, I I just don't know why people think that there's an underground uh you know off the radar crime syndicate that might connect them to like because they're like but is anything crime now connected to everything yeah. else because remember sharon carter's role is a very specific thing they are setting her up for iron wars oh okay because when you look at the end of falcon the winter soldier she specifically talks about the circumstances that is the premise of what iron wars is there is nothing that connects her to this so i now Watch her pop up tonight. And if she does, <laughs> right? awesome. But but for now, I'll say, for now, I'll say, I don't know why so many people think Sharon Carter's going to be there. It just, there is no narrative connection at this Two point. Two things. I didn't know about Iron Wars. And the other thing is you're a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> well, both of those are probably true. All right, what's next? You guys are so wicked. Okay, that, oh no, that was Zach MTV. Spencer Nielsen says, West Side Story features the best scene in a high school gymnasium since Sing Street. Oh God, I, that whole scene. Like the only thing that topped that scene was the uh, America song out in the streets. I, I mean, America. it. Oh, hey, hey. I still, like wrap your heads around this. That was his first musical. That was Steven Spielberg's first musical. He'd never done a musical before. He, he It was so magical. It was so magical. And the meet cute between Tony and Anita. Maria. Maria, sorry. Maria. Oh, I just met a girl named Maria. All right, all right. What's next? K Major says, no House of Gucci. All right. All right, man. All right, no Whatever. House of Gucci. What? Sure. I don't know. I like House of Gucci, even though I thought they really had a choked of a third act but not whatever. like that movie. yeah you didn't like that one at all the film was not good the acting was great there was no suspense there was no it was just like family issues while they do business there and then you know what happened what happened all Child. right what's next anyway shuvo ramen says the ending of power of the dog was quite fascinating i definitely feel much better going for spider-man 3 no way home after overwhelmingly positive reviews we'll rewatch. yeah no and again remember even with the overwhelmingly positive reviews, and as of right now, I believe it's still at 64 reviews, 
It is now 65 reviews. No, 66 reviews. Mm. But even out of those, one of the critics didn't like it. And that means, look, no matter how good a movie is generally agreed upon to be, there are going to be people who don't because films are subjective. So even though the critic ratings are so high, there are still some critics that won't like it. And that means you may not like it too. Mm -hmm. You may find yourself agreeing with the critics that didn't instead of with the critics that did. I just think it's, but it's still overall, it's a very encouraging number. It's a very, very encouraging number. All right, what's next? Jamie Sunday says, I think you'll like licorice pizza. Just know before you see it, the story is kind of all over the place, but in a good way. You'll know what I mean. Let me see if there's another half. Uh, he indicated there's another half. Yes. yes. When you see it, it has several long sets of scenes like Pulp Fiction. It's also a film about friendship, then a romance one. I loved it, though. Yeah, I'm looking. Look, again, Eve, everybody gets caught up on the fact that I didn't like the trailer, that I didn't think the trailer was good. I've still been very convinced the movie was going to be great. So I am very much looking forward to seeing that one. All right. Thanks for giving thanks for giving me the outline on that one, Jamie. Appreciate that, dude. All right. What's next? Derek, leader of the flock, says, huh. can't wait for Spider-Man No Way Home. I haven't been this excited for something since CM Punk came back to wrestling. How has he been since he came back to wrestling? I haven't watched any of his stuff. Back He's when. making a terrible mistake right now. He's what's going that? up against the number one wrestler, the future of wrestling, MJF. You he he should have messed with anybody else, just not MJF. And if he beats MJF, I'll be so upset. I'll never watch <laughs> wrestling again. But how how is he doing? Is he going over with the audience? Oh, yeah. Like, he's still he getting well? pop everywhere. Right. But the ri ri rivalry with MJF is just beginning. So we'll see. We'll see. Because, like, literally, CM Punk is, like, old, the older wrestler. Right. You yeah, know, yeah. the old he's school the old wrestling. School guy, and yeah. then MJF is the future. So we'll see where the fans, you know, actually go with all right. This feud. It's what's, the best feud in wrestling, I think. All right. What's next? Islude says, happy for those who will watch No Way Home this week. As for me, going to wait till January 8th here in the Philippines. Hashtag don't delay No Way Home, Philippines. I am. That sucks. They're not yeah. playing it till January. Well, I mean, that's not that far away. I mean, it's not like it's three months away. It's only a couple more extra weeks. But yeah, if you think it was hard. That, oh my gosh, some people are going to see the movie 24 hours before me. Imagine having people are going to be seeing it two and a half weeks before you. I, that's tough. Hang in there, Azul. All right, what's next? Michael Serda says, can't wait for No Way Home to have my feet kicked up on the recliner seat with my popcorn and big surprises. No, he's going to leave you hanging on that. Okay. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I was, uh, big surprises. <laughs> you never get it. You had one job, Ray. You had one job anyway friday can't get here any faster yeah listen i i cannot sorry wait. I, i'm gonna see it twice on opening day so I'm, I'm gonna see it at our private screening and then i'm gonna go into hollywood to go to the chinese theater the world's most famous theater i'm gonna go watch it there with some buddies later in the evening as well so i'm i'm really stoked man i'm stoked i feel you michael all right what's next bobby jackson says i think nightmare alley could have some sleeper nom well listen we're already seeing it. it's getting some best picture nominations stuff like that I was invited to a press screening of that today. There's a press screening of it today. I'm not going. It's like an hour drive for me to get there. I'll just wait till it opens. So I'm going to see it a little bit later this week. But uh, I'm very excited about it. Terrific director. Terrific cast. Yeah. Really stoked That for director, it. his style, I really like. Oh, Del Toro? Oh, yeah. All right. What's next? Casey Mack says, I wish Matthew Vaughn would have went on to something new. Mm -hmm. I think Kingsman could be a one-hit wonder. I completely agree with you, Casey. Matthew Vaughn is great. All right. He directed, you know, I often call Man of Steel the most underrated comic book film of all time. I think the overall most underappreciated movie I think I've ever seen is Stardust. Um, Stardust is, 
it's get, it's becoming an older film now, but it it is the more modern Princess Bride. Mm. To me, it's a more modern Princess Bride. Stardust is beautiful and magical. What and and also has Henry Cavill. Henry yeah. Cavill's and also in there. Charlie Cox. And Charlie Cox. It's got Daredevil and it's got uh, Juliet. Uh, Claire Danes. Not, not Claire Danes. Yeah, Claire, Claire Danes. Danes is in it. Yeah, Claire Danes. It's got um, Michelle Pfeiffer. It's got Robert freaking uh, De Niro. It's got Robert De Niro <laughs> as the pirate captain. It's got um, uh, Ricky Gervais. It's got the. It's got Mark Strong. It's got um, oh 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 my favorite year Peter O'Toole. It's got, I mean, it is magic and awesome. Matthew Vaughn has done so much great stuff. I, I agree with you, man. I would love for him to move off this Kingsman stuff. I would love to see him get on and start doing some other stuff, but we'll see how it goes. All right, what's next? Cutter Hale says, I get the bad reviews for Don't Look Up. I haven't seen it yet, but I thought Vice was literally one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Big Short is great. I was going to say, though, Big Short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really so like good. Big Short. Um, I didn't think Vice was that bad. I, I'm not... Not one of my favorites, but yeah, Big Short is amazing. So it's going to be really interesting to see. But yeah, from everything I'm hearing, I was so excited about that movie. And then I started hearing from all these people that I know and trust that it's like, nah, not not so good. But whatever. question. Yeah. Uh, don't look up. It's playing on Netflix, right? I believe so. Yes. And then being the Ricardo's is on Amazon right now. It's no, in it's theaters. in the theaters right now. Oh, I, was, I wanted to watch either one today. It'll yeah, be, but okay. yeah, so so shortly it'll be on. Oh, okay. uh, it'll be on Amazon. All right, what's next? Mr. Holbrook says, so IGN gave Fast 9 and 8 ratings and gives No Way Home 8 as well. Uh, I didn't take them seriously before, and this just solidified it. <laughs> well, no, listen, and this is why I don't give numerical scores. Yeah, numbers things. suck. Don't worry about it. Like, don't, like, don't, don't be one of these guys that's like, well, in uh, 2008, you gave this movie a 7.3, and in 2015, you gave this movie an 8.1, saying that this was better than that movie, and how dare you? You lose all credibility. Spot on, John. That was spot on. <laughs> exactly how he... <laughs> exactly. All I'm saying is, like, my... This is, it, this is literally why I stopped giving numerical scores to movies. It, because a number means something to different people. And look... Like the very fact that you're talking about a movie that came out six months ago, like everybody looks at movies and experiences movies in a different way. And I have probably reviewed 2000 movies or more. You are not going to agree with all 2000 of the movies that I have reviewed and my opinion of those 2000 movies. And it is folly. I've been liking that phrase lately. It is folly <laughs> to say, well, this one movie you saw 78 movies ago, you gave an eight and I would have given it a 6.5. Well, don't get caught up on that. Like, yeah, do I think IGN is the best movie reviews? No, but who cares? That, that does, that's just, I, I don't never necessarily find myself aligning with them, but I don't need to align myself in order to appreciate what they're saying and why they're th that and their job is simply to tell you the experience they had with the movie. And if they had a more positive experience, like obviously me, if I did give scores to movies, which I do not, but if I did and I had to give a score to fast nine, it would literally, it would honestly be down around the two range, somewhere between the two, <laughs> two to three. Uh, I think it's a terrible oh. movie, but okay. The reviewer from IGN saw it and they liked it. Okay. That's the subjectivity of film. That's the subjectivity of film. You're going to find people out there that liked it more 
than Endgame. You're going to find people out there that like, what's the one with um, Joe Dirt? You're going to find some people oh out there that God. think Joe Dirt is better than he the Godfather. He digged up Joe Dirt, folks. I'm not even joker. Joking. <laughs> there are going to be some people out there that think Joe Dirt is better than the Godfather. But that's just it. That's the beauty of the subjectivity of film. So I, I wouldn't get hooked up on that, Mr. Holbrook. I, by the way, awesome movie. Mr. Hol if I remember, that's the name of the Kevin Costner one, right? Isn't Holbrook. it Mr. Holbrook or is that Mr. Brooks? No, that's Mr. Brooks. Mr. Brooks. Mr. Sorry, Brooks. Uh, oh, yeah. By the way, talk about I underrated remember. movies. That was so good. So good. Even Dane Cook. I haven't thought Cook. about that movie in forever. Yeah, Dane Cook. Yeah. But Kevin Costner, I thought, deserved an Oscar nomination for that. That was a good movie. That was yes. Dexter before Dexter. Yeah. Mr. Bro it's, if you guys haven't seen Kevin. was mid-2000s? It was, yeah, like, mid to early 2000s. Guys, if you guys haven't seen the Kevin Costner film, Mr. Brooks. Sorry, Mr. Holbrook. I got good. caught up on the name there for a second. But you should absolutely check out Kevin Costner's Mr. Brooks. It's mm -hmm. really, really good. Like, I call it Dexter before Dexter. But and that's just me. Uh, anyway, thanks for sending that in, Mr. Holbrook. All right, what's next? Paul Stevenson says, yes, John, there is a final trailer with some big confirmations you predicted on YouTube as final trailer. Is there? Did something drop this morning? No, I wouldn't go looking for it because you're going to run into a spoiler clip or something. Just... I wouldn't. I, I would say, I, yeah. It's just the, the, the scare I have right now is, even when searching images for the show for Spider-Man No Way Home, is there's a screenshot or something like that. It's just I don't know. Everything's iffy to me right now. But I, I am curious in, in the last if they're actually if they did actually drop a new trailer. Because mm. you want to win that bet. <laughs> well, the bets. No, I already. Yeah. It's an, I already fell in the stomach. Done. <laughs> yeah, the eggs. They have it's all, embedded. No, they went right through me. I won't give you any more details than that. But that went right through me. All right. What's next? Casey Mack says, all I needed was to watch that non-spoiler video from Real Rejects, and now I'm ready. I'm not going to go looking for any spoilers. I want to experience this without all the, as Ray would say, big surprises. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where a lot of people are right now. It's like, okay, I saw the trailers. I saw that the reviews are great. I'm good now. And a, a lot of people, I think, are going to be checking out of uh, social media and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, th there we go. By the way, we even implemented a precaution. Uh, for those of you guys watching live, you may have noticed it. You may not. We have implemented a precaution that uh, right now, normally anybody can come in and, and chat in the live chat. We have implemented the precaution for the next few days of only people who are subscribers to the channel. Which is great. Yeah. It's working out great. Which is a not lot what we will do normally. It's not what we're going to be. We want everybody to come and chat. But just as a little layer of protection that you got to be subscriber to the channel to actually chat in the live chat for the next couple of days. Uh, just to, I mean, we're not going to be able to look. If there are some really malicious troll people out there who are going to want to try to ruin things for people. And I'm sure they'll find a way. But I, it just a, a, for us, a, a little bit of extra precaution. So hopefully it works out. All right. What's next? Uh, John, uh, just yeah. one second. Since Fast 9 was brought up, I still haven't seen it yet. So I looked up the red box um, just to see if they have it for rent. Right. And there's, of course, Venom, Shang-Chi, Cry Macho. But then I scroll down and I see the cover to Clifford, the big, the red, big dog. red dog. <laughs> and I'm sorry. Doesn't, isn't that cute? Kid? Look, look at that. Isn't that so cute? The new poster. It's I'll so tell you cute. what, though. They did, much like at CinemaCon, that they gave us a surprise screening of Ghostbusters. They gave us a surprise screening of Clifford I the Bed Red Dog. And I was like, and Erin was all excited. She's like, oh, they're going to show us the movie. I'm like, 
Yeah, I'll let you enjoy that. I'm going to go back to my room. I, I'm going to go back to, to my hotel room and just relax a little bit. Aww. And she's like, all right, but I'm, I'm going to watch this. I'm like, great. 30 minutes later, <sighs> I get a call from Aaron. She goes, yeah, I'm back in my room. I'm like, what happened? Oh, she no. goes, it's awful. And she oh, walked no. out of it. So I don't know if it's any good or not, but but Aaron walked out of it. Just, just saying. All right, what's next? Albert Cervantes says, hello, John. Got my Spider-Man tickets for Friday night nice. at the Grove. Ooh, at the Grove. And the Grove were theaters that were getting shut down, and they got Ooh, saved. Saved. They got, I think it was AMC saved the oh Grove theaters. I've been Heck to them yeah. since AMC rebranded them. That's a nice theater at the Grove, by the way. It's it's a really nice going moving all these fairs. Hope you have a good time, Albert. All right, what's next? Ron Frazier says, two more things. One, <laughs> regarding West Side Story, in gaming terms, Spielberg finished the main story and is just doing side quests now. <laughs> Two, Ray is a pleasant surprise, big surprises. Big surprise. Even love the new format. Uh, well, thank you for that, Ron. And you're like, that's you're exactly right, Ron. You just you literally just put it better than I did. Like Spielberg now is just trolling people at this point. <laughs> like at this point, Spielberg he is running up the score on everybody else. Yeah, he, he is. is so far and away the greatest of all time. You're right. Yeah, he's done he the broke away game. with Terminal, like well oh, away. No, yeah, that, he got that big lead with Terminal, baby. <laughs> um, it's 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 like he's just so far out and ahead of everybody else that at this point he is. I love the way you put that, Ron. He's now just doing side quests just for fun, like. <laughs> Now he's just like, you ever, did you see that? What's that one commercial? I can't remember if it was Duracell or not, but it's like a bunch of scientists in a thing. And like the scientists uh, going, oh, this new T-Mobile plan or something is the best thing I've ever come up with. And like with the other scientists is, you literally solved, cured cancer last week. Yeah, it was something. <laughs> you you learned how to merge the atoms with a straw last week. Eh, whatever. But you're saying this, yeah, this is the greatest thing ever. And then it ends with, oh, by the way, uh, a little bit later this afternoon, I cracked time travel. We're going to get crazy. Oh, yeah. I think I remember that. Remember commercial. that commercial? Yeah. That is Steven Spielberg right now. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, what haven't I done? I haven't done a musical. All right. I'll take the most beloved musical of all time and make it better. Just because it's Thursday. Like, that's Spielberg right now. Uh -huh. It's crazy. All right. Anyway, what's next? Norwegian Kryptonian says, Spider-Man No Way Home postponed till 14th of January oh. in Norway due to that damn new variant. I'm so sorry oh, to hear about that. I mean, I, you know, honestly, we, we don't pay a lot of attention to that because we're, it's not become a prevalent thing here in the States or in North America at this point. But, I mean, it's obviously affecting some of the places. Here and it could affect the UK a little bit more. Like oh, no. it, it's it's a it's it's big in the UK. So uh, here's hoping it doesn't postpone it any more than necessary, man. But you know, first things first, health and safety obviously more important than any movie. But here's hoping you get to see it as soon as possible. All right, what's next? Latin Shark nine five six says, John, if Anne needed her Dune fix, she can listen to the audiobook. I'm currently listening to it and I love it. Yeah, Anne Anne doesn't want the audiobook. Um, Anne wants. Um, um, the Blu-ray. She wants the movie, the right? Movie. She, she wants, wants all the, the rights to the movie, and that's all she wants. <laughs> like that's all she, she doesn't want to read the, 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 any of that stuff. She doesn't want to read that kind of stuff. But I mean, yeah. So th there's not that. I mean, look. To me, I have a rule for myself. When a movie is coming out based on a book, I do not read the book first hmm. because that will taint your experience with the movie because now 
Characters look a certain way in your head. Mm. Cities look a certain way in your head. A line that's being said is said a certain way in your head. And then if the movie doesn't do that, and inevitably a movie has to cut out a lot of things because a book can be like 400 pages, a screenplay is about 190. Mm. So, or, or about 120, I should say. So it's just never a good idea. So I, I like to make sure I watch the movie clean, fresh. The only exception I ever did was for Hunger Games. Mm. I got swept up in the popularity of the book. So I did. I read Hunger Games before watching the movies. But, oh, yeah, I remember that. But hot. I won't do that again. Like, I did uh, the it, movies come first. I did it for The Martian, and it worked perfect for me. I oh, mean, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. complete did you, opposite. Actually, yeah. it, like, it actually made the movie better to me. Right. All right. Yeah. What's next? Elizabeth Gerardo says predictions for Hawkeye. No D'Onofrio. Yelena was dusted and pizza dog being adorable. Aww. Well, yes, pizza dog is adorable. So cute. by the way, did, we saw, I don't know if you guys saw, there was a picture that went viral. That is the actual dog they used in the show. And they're, they're going to have the dog sitting in front of the TV, watching himself on TV. Oh my God. <laughs> Most adorable picture. It looked absolutely amazing. Is he, not, is he really have one eye? I don't think so. Okay. Cause I, didn't, I didn't notice, but I, I don't think so. see it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next up. Okay. Casey Max says, I'm actually more excited for Argyle than the Kingsman movie, to be honest. I can't remember which one's Argyle. Which one is Argyle? I, I can't remember off the top Let of my head. See. I can't, I can't remember. Ray, you look that yeah, up for now. All right, what's next? The official friend zone <laughs> says, trying to, <laughs> trying to finish Daredevil series before Hawkeye and No Way Home. Love the first two seasons, but se season three is a bit of a drag. I'm not going to lie. I, I thought season three is finished strong. I thought season three was really good. I, Argyle I is that next movie by Matthew Vaughn with the cast of Cavill, Xena. John oh, Stina, right. We talked about this Samuel on the show L. a few months again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Because it, it's a spy thriller, yep. right? Okay, yeah, that's right. I've totally forgot about that. Yes, I am very much looking forward to Argyle very, very much. All right. Um, but yeah, I personally thought Daredevil, I really like season three. I actually like season three a lot. I, there's a good argument to be made that season two is probably the best season, but I love season three personally. But hey, keep going, man. Just get through it. All right, what's next? Gnome says, hi, John. Glad to see the good reviews for No Way Home. I have tickets for tomorrow and Friday. One with my Dom Toretto voice. Family. Family. family and one with my friends nice look obviously movies are best like i'll go to a movie by myself i love going to movies by myself but movies are actually best when they're shared experiences when you get to share them with family and friends that's the best i hope you guys have a great time Noam. all right what's next jumping over elephant faces <laughs> whatever that name means so i love it though poetic they're getting better so and better <laughs> <laughs> hey john i meant to send this last week but i showed my students the sonic 2 trailer last friday and the room went crazy one kid literally cried when he yes. saw knuckles oh, <laughs> yes man first time tipper by the way oh, I love how it. cute is that that's oh my god that's pretty cute but here's the thing how old is this game like these kids, like like I'm I'm not I don't keep up to date on Sonic, just so you know. But God, like, has Sonic been popular with kids like for the last? You like, know what? Five, Sonic years? is like perfect for the mobile phones now. That's that game is true. complete, and yeah, so yeah, people yeah. will be playing that game over and over again because it's, you know, it's perfect for that. All right, what's next? Esteban Reyes says, thanks for the diverse discussions and debates. People should know how to have conversations without aggression. As a teacher, you're all a model for debates and discussions. <laughs> Love your work. Love you all. Fuck off, you idiot. Not me. No, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Whoa, wait, what? Sorry. Wow, inside voice. man. <laughs> inside, sorry. Meant, meant inside voice. Um, 
No, thank you for that. No, listen, it's I I just don't understand. I will never understand this notion that somebody liked a movie I didn't like. That cannot stand. Because here's the here's the problem. This is a, it's a symptom of the week. A symptom of the week is that they are so they have no self-confidence in themselves so much so that their opinions and feelings about a movie becomes a part of who they are in their own heads. And so when they see somebody else say not liking a movie they like, they don't take that as an attack on that movie. They take that as an attack on them. That is a symptom of a weak, weak person. So it's like, oh man, I love Spider-Man Homecoming. I love it, I love it, I love it. So what happens is if they're as if they're weak, they see somebody else saying, I hated Spider-Man. They don't see that as another person just having a different opinion about a movie. They're like, they're attacking me. They're saying that if I like it, I must be dumb. It's like, no, no, that's not what's happening. Yes, it is. And therefore I must lash back. I must lash back, but not at the movie. I must lash back at that person. How dare you? And like, I'll never understand that level of mental weakness. I will never understand that. Like we were just talking about Fast 9. I hate that movie. And Terminal. <laughs> Which I will always have a deep down disdain terminal, right? for you. Like, <laughs> I, I hate that movie. But IGN says it's 8 out of 10. Okay. That, that, I'm glad they had that experience. I'm glad they liked it. <laughs> Like, obviously, to me, Star Wars are the greatest movies ever made, the original trilogy. But I've talked to people like, man, you know what? I watched Star Wars. I finally watched Star Wars. I never watched it before. It's not so good. Say that again, you little... No, no, no. It's like, <laughs> oh, man, that sucks. I love those movies. I wish you did, too, but you don't. Okay. Like, I'll just never understand this, like, this tribalism mm -hmm. that comes with some film fans that if you don't like something that I like, I need to attack you to justify myself. I, I just never get that. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. I, and I think the most fun discussions come when you have a really different opinion about a movie. They do. That, that can be fun. It's just, I just never understand these people who then turn it into tribalism. Anyway, that's just me. All right, what's next? Griffin Harrer says, I've seen people say it's the best superhero movie Ever. I'm so unbelievably hyped for this movie. Spider-Man was my childhood and is my favorite superhero. Yeah. Uh, again, but you will find some people who will say that Shazam is the greatest superhero movie ever, right? Like, yeah, there were one or two critics Shazam. that were saying it that good. And, and maybe you'll feel that way, too. Just don't just temper your expectations. Don't go in thinking this has got to be the greatest superhero movie of all time, or else you might just be setting yourself up for disappointment and you might be missing out on the great movie. It is even if it's not like the greatest sort of thing. So just, just temper the expectations a bit. All right, what's next? Sebastian Gonzalez says, Kevin Feige mid Sony feud. We already told the story we wanted to tell with Spider-Man. No way home. That's none of my business. LOL. Ready for no way home. Um, yeah. I, I mean, look, Plans change, and they move forward, and they adapt, and that's what Kevin Feige does, Sebastian. All right, what's next? Uh-oh, Griffin Harris says, I've read a lot of people cried during No Way Home. Yeah, I've read, a I've read a number of people saying that there were actual tears. 
in the theater. Like again, oh my it's, god, it's been hammered that it's very emotional. That it can be very, very yeah. emotional. So I think that's a good thing. All right, what's next? One K Y though. <laughs> Dan's production says my film teacher in college said you got to go watch bad movies in order to make good movies. Make a good movie. I sis. I I can get on board with that. I can get on board with that. Like you got to fail before you succeed. Yeah. Yeah. You got to recognize what is. You got to taste a bad dish to be be able to appreciate a good dish. And what is it? Someone said you'll never appreciate the glory of winning until you've lost. Until, until you've experienced the agony of defeat. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 true. So I think there is something to that. All right. What's next? Telephone production says, "Hey, John. People like to say the critics are out of touch. Where are they now with this ninety-eight percent of Spider-Man No Way Home? There are they are, still out of touch? There are there are certain phrases." that some film fans say thinking it makes them sound like they're smart. Oh, Hollywood doesn't make original <laughs> films anymore. Um, actually, let's sit heck? down and look at the numbers. There are more original films being made today than at any other point in Hollywood history. So you're wrong. Oh, you know, the critics are out of touch. Really? Okay, let's bring up 50 of the most popular movies. Did you like Endgame? Of course I like Endgame. Critics loved Endgame. Did you like Logan? Yeah, critics loved Logan. Did you hate Joe Dirt? Yeah, well, the <laughs> critics hated Joe Dirt. Did you like Spider-Man Homecoming? Yeah, well, the critics like Spider-Man Homecoming. Did you like Shazam? Yeah, well, the critics like Shazam. Did you, I mean, and then as you go down it, we did a little bit of a thing a while ago on the show where we took like, I think 10 or 20 critic ratings of movies and then looked at the verified audience scores. Hmm. And I think like 18 out of the 20, the critic score and the audience score were, were within the same fifth. They were within 20% of each other. So yeah, I get it. There are some people who think they look like they know and that they're small. Oh, the critics are out of touch. Really? Well, about 15 out of the 17 movies that you like, the critics like too. So if they're out of touch, that means you're out of touch. <laughs> Just so you know, if they're out of touch, then that automatically, by mathematical equation, means you're out of touch, too. And then they say, well, the, the critics hated this movie. Well, no. It got a 52%. That means a little over half the critics liked it. So that means you actually agree with the critics. And then we say, well, I disagree with the critics about that movie. Then I would say, which critics do you disagree with? Because a bunch of them liked it and a bunch of them didn't like it. So when you say the critics were wrong... Which critics? You're saying the critics that disagreed with you were wrong. So what you're saying is you are the arbiter of what is good and bad. I, I mean, I, again, it's just one of those things. There are a lot of these phrases yeah. that us film fans will sometimes say that make us think, make us think like we're aware that there's no original films anymore. Yeah, there are actually if you look. But anyway, that's just one of those things. That's They're just trying to stick things. it to the man, John. Yep. Trying to stick it to the man. Yeah, the man. All right, what's <laughs> next? The one says, "Sound like Spider Man has a little bit of everything for everyone. Must be why so many enjoy it. Spider Man Thursday. Let's go, baby. Let's go, baby. Again, give it the fun, <laughs> and give it a good story." It's a winning combination. I'm so excited. All I'm right, doing my that? I'm doing my Jason Sudeikis <laughs> <laughs> running man right now. I'm so excited. 
excited. Okay. What up with that? What, what up, up with, with that? that? Ooh, <laughs> what, what are the greatest Saturday Night Live? That is a bad. And he comes in to wear the red tracksuit. <laughs> While he's trying to explain something, you're like, I thought this was a movie. <laughs> no, 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 movie. <laughs> don't I don't know. How are we going to like this? Okay. Let's, hold on, hold on. Breaking news. Oh, the, breaking news. The terminal. 61% tomato meter, <laughs> but oh 74% audience score. So Thank you, audience. So they're within 13% of each other. Yeah. Um, there you go. Another example. Another example. All right, what's next? KBL 1974 sends in a 1493 super chat. Thank oh, you. thank you, KBL. Just to be supportive. Thank you, man. Mike Hill says Kong and Godzilla also crossed over if that counts. Yeah, I can read But it. were they, they were always... Once we get into the Warner Brothers era, they're always in the same studio system. So that's a little bit different. Like with like the Spider-Man stuff we're seeing, we're literally seeing two different studios that have their own individual things going. And all of a sudden they started crossing those things. I, I just can't remember the last time we saw something like that. All right, what's next? Digovi says, all these great reviews for Spider-Man make me really excited for John Watts' Fantastic Four. I'm glad you brought that up because that's something we're overlooking right Ayo. now, right? Yeah, Ray is just the giving future. us the future. That's the future. Yeah, that's way out there. But but you're right. Like hearing these, hearing all the, the positive response to that. Yes. As now we start talking, because I'll be honest with you, I thought the guy to direct Fantastic Four was Peyton Reed. There was just something about his sensibilities that he has in the Ant-Man films that I really thought would transition well to Fantastic Four. Yeah. But when they mentioned John Watson, I'm like, okay, that's a pretty damn good choice. You're right. Like hearing all these great reviews for Spider-Man No Way Home, and again, I haven't seen it yet. I might hate it on mm -hmm. Thursday. Who knows? But hearing these great responses, it, it gives you a lot of enthusiasm for what he might do now with Fantastic Four. So that's pretty cool. That good thing to bring up there, man. All right, what's next? John Redcorn says, No Way Home reviews have made me more excited for Morbius. Again, it's that the rising tide is raising all ships. Like, now I'm even more excited to see Batman. Now Ray's even more excited to see... Matrix. Matrix. <laughs> now you're more even more excited to see Morbius. And yeah, look, I'm very stoked for Mor Morbius already, but we'll see how that goes. All right, what's next? Brand Man says, Happy the Batman doesn't have as much hype. Not sure I can handle all the spoilers we'll see what happens well first of all here's the thing i don't think there are a ton of spoilers to come with the yeah. batman the batman is not a oh and then out of nowhere shazam is going to show up it's not going to be one of those movies this is a gritty crime noir film and so i the, the only spoilers i'm worried about are the plot I don't want the plot to get revealed like the, the, i mean obviously i want to know what the movie is about but i don't want to hear all the major plot twists but it's it's not going to be like that. So who knows how hyped it's going to be? Because right now we got Spider-Man right in front of us. So that's taking up all the hype energy. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens as we get close to it, though. All right, what's next? Double B Studio says, I just love you guys. Oh, Thanks thank for the you. hard work you do in our entertainment crew love. Thank you no, so much, Double you. B. Appreciate that very much. All right, what's next? Powers Power says, I think... I think Knuckles' voice got me catching feelings. Not sure how I feel about that. Also, Jim Carrey for Mephisto. Jim Carrey for Mephisto. I, I got to tell you, it did throw me off at first. What makes you think? I uh, yeah, it did. It did. Like, it threw me a little bit off at first, but I'm like, okay, though, now I'm, I'm feeling it now. But I'm Knuckles, now. you look at him, he's balling up his fist, man. What yeah. other voice would he use? Yeah, that's true. It works. All right, what's next? Daniel Lyons says, I'm sincerely excited for Spider-Man No Way Home. Hyped for the movie. I'm excited for everybody to see the movie. Take care of yourselves and please be nice. Oh, and and Daniel. again, Daniel, let's be nice to the theater workers, okay? 
Not everything's going to go perfectly. They're going to try their best. They haven't had a movie influx, uh, an audience influx like this in over two years. Yeah. yeah. They're going to be, they're understaffed, probably undertrained right now. Yeah. Just everybody, when you go to these movies, make it a fun experience for you and the staff there. Just, just, just remember that this is a lot they're going to be trying to do. Not everything is going to go perfectly. Just remember at the end of the day, I'm going to watch the movie, whether my popcorn didn't turn out quite right, or I had to wait 10 extra minutes for my hot dog or whatever. Just, just be Dalton and roadhouse. Be nice. And also please, if like, let's say I enjoy the movie, but someone else doesn't let me enjoy it for at least five minutes before you start complaining about stuff, yeah. <laughs> you know, let people enjoy, let them, you know, enjoy the movie. Like if people like it, don't, don't shit on their parade. Yeah. I mean, look, if you watch the movie and you don't like it, you can say, Hey man, I just got a Spider-Man no way home. Didn't work for me. But like, if you see Ray standing there in the corner of the movie theater and he's smiling and he's so happy and he's wiggling his head back and uh, forth. Yeah, he's so happy. Don't walk up to him and say, how did you like that piece of shit, man? Oh, or yeah, don't don't walk up to me and say, hey, Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next? Dante Sereccia says, Hi, everyone. On the topic of secret invasion and scrolls from yesterday, I kind of feel like Valentina might be the scroll queen in disguise. Bring on the filthy. Valentina. Here's, here's the big problem. The scrolls in the MCU are very different from the scrolls in the comic books. Right? That's been established. So I, I don't know what they're going to do with Secret Invasion. I don't know how they're going to approach it, but I, I know, I do not believe Valentina is uh, is the Skrull Queen. I, I don't believe that. But it's not out of the realm of possibility, Dante. So uh, who knows? Maybe you're right. We'll find out. All right, what's next? Lions and Warriors International says, just brought my 12, 12 tickets, tickets for No Way Home. Those are just mine and don't count friends and family. That's, that's kind okay. of... I got... Right. Man, as Ray... Ray would probably is thinking right now, man, I hope this movie's yeah, good for no, your brother. I that guy writes in all the time. I love his name. Lions and Warriors. Lions only. I like only. that. All right, what's next? Paolo E says, so not a billion dollar movie? Um, I, I Listen, I don't think a billion is an automatic. Like with the lack of China and everything that's going on oh, in the world, I don't low. think a billion is an automatic. But yeah. do I think it can get a billion? Yeah. I'm not going to be surprised at all this thing crosses a billion. I will be surprised if it gets 1.5. And before I thought 1.5 was very within reach. I'm not so sure about that anymore, but I, mm. I, I think it'll get a billion. I think it'll get a billion. We'll find out. All right. What's next? Mohammed Mater says, thank you so much, John. I watch you daily. You, I am. Man. I'm so hyped to see the movie tomorrow. As I remember as a kid watching the first Spider-Man in theaters. And, you know, we were talking about that a bit yesterday, right? That we remember now that that first Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire was about 20 years ago now. Oh my gosh. That, there are people who saw that first Spider-Man as a 13, 14 year old who are now bringing their kids yep. to come see this new Spider-Man. There's something very special about that. You know, there's something incredibly special about that. Can I tell you what happened on the Spider-Man one when me and Anne, I yeah. think Anne was with us. Uh, Anne was with me and I think Jalen, maybe I forgot who else was there, but I had bought the Tobey Maguire spider-man action figure and i was carrying that into the theater and i was so pumped and the very first thing i said when we walked out the doors is i turned to Anne. i said let's watch it again 
<laughs> because I was so excited to see a new Spider-Man on screen. I didn't. I wasn't thinking about the storyline or nothing. I was just amazed at like the web, web swinging and all that stuff. So that's the very first thing I said to her. I hope I say that this Thursday with this Spider-Man. With this Spider-Man and and yeah, I mean, hopefully, maybe you never know. Um, actually, let me see here. Um, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Something break? I, I think, I think, let me, let me double check here. We've got a breaking oh news. Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. Big, big, big breaking news. Uh, as we go over to Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It's dropped down. It has dropped, it's gone up. It has gone up How from 98. From 98%, it has now gone back up to 99. We now have 60, 67 reviews, which means there is still only one negative review, but now there's enough reviews overall to move that from big being 98. Yeah. 99. In your face, negative review. <laughs> so, yes, there we go. Spider-Man No Way Home has now climbed to 99%. Of course, it can't get to 100 again. Well, no, no, it can Theoretically, mm. you can get to 100 again. Not a literal 100, but if there's like 130 reviews mm -hmm. and one of them is negative, it will round up to 100. 99 so, is good enough. Theoretically speaking, by the way, I don't think it's going to, I think it will drop. Yeah, it will, it will drop. drop. I expect it to drop. Theoretically speaking, it could, theoretically speaking, get back to 100, but I don't think it will. But there you go, 99%. All right, what's next? Okay, Double B Studio says, got my tickets for 3 p.m. Saturday, got 14 tickets. Wow. And oh I ordered my food already. Big surprises. Big surprises? <laughs> I can't wait to launch my, to yeah, launch my popcorn and drop my hot dog. <laughs> By the way, I, I do, okay, Double B brings up a good point there. I, I do want to remember, remind a lot of people because a lot of people still are not aware of this, even though it's been around for a bit. I know they do it at AMC. I'm not, I, I suspect they probably do it at Regal as well. But listen, it, definitely if you're at an AMC, you can order your food days in advance. Wow. You can literally on your app, if you're an AMC member, you can literally on your app, order what food you want, tell them what time you'll be there. And That's your so order cool. will be sitting there waiting for you. <laughs> From the day you ordered it. <laughs> From, <yeah. laughs> Four day old popcorn. Oh my God. Delicious. But no, seriously. And for, for think about this. For the crowds that are going to be oh, there. Yes. Opening weekend Smart. for Spider-Man. You want to avoid standing 25 minutes in a line at a concession? Do that. Order your food in advance. Take advantage of that. So that's a good thing to bring up Double B. All right, what's next? All right. Lastly, we have super chats from Gabriel Venegas and Noah AG. Thank you so much for that, guys, very much. And that wraps up the comments that we've been getting for you guys. Thank you guys for sending in those comments. Listen, guys, we are now rounding into our number three here on the show. Uh, we're not going to do a full three hours today because I did five hours of shows yesterday. My throat is pretty much gone, but we are going to get around to some of the questions here. So we're going to take a quick break here for a couple of minutes. If you guys will indulge us for three or four minutes, we're going to stretch our legs, refill our drinks, give you guys a chance to talk amongst yourselves, run, use the bathroom, whatever. So hang in tight there with us, guys. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. All right, everybody, and we are back. Thank you so much for your patience and indulgence. 
I just chewed on some almonds and they're still bits of your milk. <laughs> For your patience and indulgence, oh, wow. as we took a minute to take a little bit of a break, we well, are back. Now we're going to jump in and start taking your question. Um, yep, I should have <laughs> finished swallowing the almonds before I started talking. All right, Kim, what do we got as far as the questions go today? All right, this is from The Sock. This is one of two. Spoilers are a major deal for me. Not only are those pop moment moments more valuable to me than gold, but once I learn a spoiler, unless I manage to forget it, I won't be able to stop thinking about it oh. while I'm watching the movie, wondering when's it coming. I got Han's death spoiled for me, and I wasn't able to just enjoy the movie. I was genuinely pissed off because I couldn't push it out of my mind. I uh, Okay, so that does suck, but you got to work on that, brother. Because, I mean, look, little details are going to pop up like you're going to know about them it's it's going to happen from film to film you got to be able to just say okay well that's going to happen at some point in the movie all right but what gets us there again i always use titanic as an example it's hyperbole but it's a good example it's like okay well i know the boat's gonna sink <laughs> at some point but you gotta you gotta just try to refocus back onto the story because that will happen but hang in there brother hang in there yep. all right What's next? This is from Scott Brown. He says, for vacation, we went to Disney World. And when nice. Galaxy's Edge and Galaxy's Edge is awesome. I got tears when I walked up to the Millennium Falcon. Falcon, ugh. we were lucky and got to ride everything several times and built lightsabers. The blue milk was gross. I love the blue milk. But oh, me and my wife milk? and kids yep. had a blast as fans. Hey, listen, I'll tell you what. I remember the first time Ann and I went to Galaxy's Edge. It, I almost, I almost cried. Oh, wow. Really? Like they, like walking into it for the first time and like hearing the sounds of TIE fighters and then seeing all these droids and it just felt like a Star Wars world. It That's felt so like a Star cool. Wars world. And then walking on the Millennium Falcon. Oh, wow. And walking through the corridor and, and being, it, it, it was magical. It was, and the Rise of the Resistance ride is really good. I do think though, the one mistake they made with galaxy's edge was that they based it in the new era instead of the classic era because it is the the sequels era when what it really should have been it should have been the classic star wars era and i think that's one mistake they made now that aside and that's a big mistake but that aside it's a, if, if you're a star wars fan it's a pretty magical experience even if you hate all the the sequels and i like a couple of sequels but even if you hate all the sequels they do it. They did a really good job of making you feel immersed in the Star Wars universe. Like we knew that, and then we went into the cantina. Oh man! Are, I yeah, I really quite enjoyed. I it. I still need to see that uh, place. I really quite enjoyed it. All right, what's next? Ahmed Z says, "Hi, John. How are you? I'm great, thank you. My question is, I do have, is do I have to watch Eternals to see No Way Home? Eternals was banned from theaters here in Saudi, and it doesn't come to digital until January 12th because, because Eternals post-credit scene could lead into No Way Home, etc. Here's the general answer to that, Amit. You don't have to see any MCU thing to watch the next MCU thing. That's been the brilliance of what Kevin Feige has done with the MCU. He's made them all interconnect. And yet they don't 100% rely on it. There's he The reason the MCU is as popular as it is today is because for 13 years, fans can jump on, new fans can jump on at any point and not feel lost. Specifically here, no. You know, there, there's nothing about, um, even though I haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home, I can tell you there's nothing about Eternals you need to worry about in order to watch uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. All right, there you go. Good, good luck. I hope I, I'm excited for you to be able to see it, Ahmed. All right, what's next? 
Suthia says, why? Why boycott a movie just because the studios did some dirty? I don't understand why people are wanting to boycott Fantastic Beast 3 and the whole Johnny Depp thing because they did him dirty. I swear, sometimes fandom just clouds our minds. Again, it becomes a thing where I like that person and therefore I'm going to wrap everything about my fandom into that person. And don't get me wrong, like, there's a situation going on right now, and Ray, you might be more familiar with this than me, mm-hmm. but one of the Japanese studios that I think they do Dragon Ball, mm-hmm. I think they do Dragon Ball, okay. just like totally attacked a YouTuber online and like one of the big popular anime guys and had like 180 overnight, had 180 of his videos taken down and blah, mm. blah. When it was all fair use and he was like promoting that stuff, and they they game the YouTube content strike system. If any of you guys in the live chat know who I'm talking about specific, I can't remember the name of the YouTuber. But when they and they they just totally went after this guy and whatever, and which is his livelihood. He has staff. He has all this kind of stuff. And they just uh, Calvin Patel saying it's totally Mark. I, th- I think you're right. I think that's the guy's name. The guy the YouTuber's name is totally Mark. And I was watching a video about this, and it's like, that is a really dirty thing that this studio is doing to game the system, to attack and go after fans, and to take this guy. And I'll tell you what, I'm not about, I, I don't do boycotts, right? But in a situation like that, where it's like, you didn't use the actor I wanted you to use, this is actually a studio gaming the system specifically to attack like YouTubers and fans and things like that. That is to me something I would go, well, I'm not going to watch any of their stuff. I probably already don't to be fair, but if I did, that's a situation where I'd probably go, yeah, I'm not going to watch their stuff anymore. But anyway, that's just, what was the guy's name again? Totally Mark. Oh, totally Mark. Totally Mark. All right. Or totally not Mark is what people are saying. It's totally not Mark. I think that's what it is. Okay. At any rate, what's next? Jack Lumber says when when you were watching Supernatural, when it was on, was there any point where you almost gave up on the show? For me, I really hated season six, Soulless Sam and seven Leviathans. And I really didn't get back into it until season nine, The Falls of the Angel. I'll tell you what, you just probably named my two least favorite seasons. Uh, the Leviathan season, although the guy who played the main Leviathan, he pops up in like a million I. He pops in like a million different shows. He was also in Blacklist for a while. I really like him anyway. Um, and The Soul of Sam. But even though those were my two least favorite seasons, I just love hanging out with the, I loved hanging out with the Winchester brothers. I loved hanging out with the Winchester brothers and Crowley and uh, um, Castiel. And, and all. I just, because I just liked watching the show just so I could hang out with those guys. Then even when it was a weaker storied season, it didn't bother me too much. But I, I agree. Those were my two, for me, I think probably the two weakest seasons. All right, what's next? Jack Lumber says, I kind of agree with you about Licorice Pizza. When I first watched the trailer, I didn't know who the director is, nor did I think anything about the movie. For it looks like it was going for an end of the effing world or Ladybird vibe. And I was like, yeah, I totally, that's, that's exactly what it felt like it was going for. It felt like it was going for a ladybird vibe. Jack Lumbers is your spirit animal. That doesn't, yeah, and that that didn't work for me at all. But of course, it's a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. So we know it's going to be good. We know it's good. I just didn't think the trailer was well done, but we know the movie's going to be good. So yeah, Uh, so I'm with you on that, Jack Lumbers. All right, what's next? 
All right. Jack Lumber says before someone asked about Netflix going to a partial ad model like Hulu, where lower costs for access to content, but with ads, would you want Netflix to add an ad version, not just for more seasons, but also for a lower price? It's interesting. Hulu is HBO Max is HBO Max is experimenting with that. I think I think it's an ad version for a lower cost. Mm. I know Hulu has that. You can get it for a lower cost if you have ads and stuff like that. I can't see Netflix going that route. God, no. I, I, I just don't see them going that route. And it's a good option. Like if somebody wants Netflix, but they can't pay the 15, 17, whatever it is, dollars a month now, which is still a remarkable value for the amount of content that's there. But it's like, okay, you can have Netflix for four, $4.99 a month but it's going to have commercials. That might be a good option for some people, but it just seems so counter to what the culture of Netflix is. I don't see them doing it. I don't mm. see them doing it. It might not be a bad idea, but I don't see a lot of people using it either. Uh, anyway, that's just me. All right, what's next? Dangerous D says, Hi, John. I was watching Stuntman Reacts on Corridor, and they showed a clip of this Thai Korean film called The Kick. It has a style called Tricking. It's a combo martial arts, gymnastics, breakdance. The Street Fighter game has this. Saw the movie, and it's good. It sounds like Jim Cotta to me. It's not like Eddie Gordo I don't think you something? guys will remember Jim Cotta, but it sounds like a Jim Cotta thing to me. I actually don't watch The Corridor Crew all that. I, I've seen a couple of videos. I quite like it. I, I just don't watch them on a regular basis. But so I, I'm not familiar with this. But yeah, this sounds an awful lot like Jim Cotta. All right, what's next? Marty Wolftrick says, I love philosophy. So when I watched the Matrix sequels, I didn't care much for the plot, although I thought it was okay. For me, it was all the philosophical references and metaphors that made the films great. I'm nervous that Red Resurrections might lack that. Here's the thing, though. That's where they started to lose people a little bit. Because like once you get into... Which one does the architect show up? I think the second film, right? Isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's reloaded that the architect shows up and you get that famous scene vis-a-vis, uh, -vis. Uh, you know, everything is vis-a-vis -vis, right? where that's where it started to lose a lot of people. It's like, okay, they're now they're just talking gibberish to make it sound smart. I mean, that's that, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's what some people's criticism was. So once they started getting so far into it that it became, started to become a little confusing for people and lost a lot of people. But no, truly, one of the things that made the first thing special was also the philosophical, the existential questions even, yes. that were asked in the film. Again, not just fun, but fun and smart. And I like that. They lost a little bit as they went along, but I totally see where you're coming from, Marty. Thanks for the comment, man. All right, what's next? It reminds me, I, there used to be a film and religion class. Um because I went to Bible college too. Right. And there was a film and religion class and they went through the matrix. They went through Superman. It was really interesting in the matrix. I remember that was just such an interesting class. It wasn't my class, but the teacher would let me sit in on it because I wasn't taking it. You know what? But I, 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 it was just so interesting here. I'm going to let you guys know something. So when I was watching Eternals, and you have a thing in it oh, yeah. where you have like Arsham, the judge and the mm -hmm. creator of the universe and blah, blah, blah. One of my buddies, he actually did. He was one of my co-hosts on my original movie blog podcast. His name's Bruxy Cavey. And Bruxy is one of the sharpest guys I've ever met in my life. But he's, he's also like the pastor of the biggest church in Canada. Oh, wow. And he and I actually used to be roommates once at one, one oh my point. Gosh. And you will never meet like a bigger movie fan, wow. like huge movie fan. And he's also like, what's really interesting about Bruxy too, is that he's a hardcore pacifist. 
because he, he comes from that Anabaptist background, hardcore pacifist and loves his violent movies. <laughs> like <laughs> loves violent movies. He says, I remember he said to me once, yeah, pacifism is a way of life, but it makes for pretty boring movies, which is like one of the, so I, so I remember after I watched Eternals, after I watched Eternals, I reached out to him and I said, you know, I would love for you to do a little guest spot on my show and and talk about because I've had I had some people like from faith backgrounds reach out to me saying, you know, how should I as a person of faith feel about a movie that portrays like, oh, there's the celestial creator, is the creator of the universe. Mm-hmm. How should people of faith engage with movies like that? And I thought, you know what? I don't know anybody better in the world to address that than my buddy Bruxy. So sometime in the next week or two, I'm going to have my buddy Bruxy to come on as as a minister of, of a big Whoa. church, a faith-based thing to kind of give his perspective on how people of faith can still engage with, you know, make-believe stories, telling and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be really interesting. All right. What's next? Mad cool. Squiggles McGee. Squiggle? <laughs> Squiggles? That's one of three. Hey, John, Kim. Chef pleasure. Chef pleasure. <laughs> I hope all are well. It's Spider-Man week. It and is. Oh, it man, is. I cannot wait to see this movie. I was doing some of my own theorizing, much like the entire world. <laughs> uh, there is one synthesoid no one has brought up. White Vision, who was introduced in WandaVision. Could we see him show up in Spider-Man or Doctor Strange? Although we don't know where he flew off to, I had the feeling he was going to talk to Doctor Strange. I know this is a little unlikely, but I feel like he has to show up again at some point, right? Thanks for all you do. Some point is a very broad stroke. Mm. Some point is three years from now, five years from now. I don't see any purpose or reason for him to show up in Spider-Man No Way Home. No, I mean, he's just as likely to show up in Hawkeye. Doctor Strange 2, however, is a little bit more of a possibility because we know Wanda is a is a significant figure in Doctor Strange 2. And where there's Wanda, there may be Vision. Now, look, if I had to bet $5 on it, I bet White Vision is not showing up in Doctor Strange 2. Hmm. But I wouldn't bet $20 on it. So I think that's more likely. I still don't think it'll happen. I don't think it'll happen, but I think it is more likely in Doctor Strange 2. I certainly don't expect it in Spider-Man No Way Home. Now watch this. I'm about to get emails from a bunch of my buddies who've seen it say, well, actually, Johnny is in Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> Whatever. But I don't expect to see him there. Doctor Strange 2, a little bit more possible, but I wouldn't still say likely. But we'll find out. All right, what's next? Okay, the sock says, until their standalone MCU properties, I always saw Hawkeye and Black Widow as exceptional but glorified S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Sure, yeah. The one who needs to prove themselves now is Echo. So far, she's just a thug with a grudge that took karate lessons. Wow. Classes. Ooh, scary. Ooh. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I have a yellow belt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not. By the way, you know, I found an interesting piece of trivia. You know how in that episode we got to see Echo as a little girl? Yes. Training? That's the actress's cousin. I know. Yeah. I didn't know that. They actually Aww. got her real family. They look side by side. They look just alike. That's like, okay, you do see the similarities. So And cute. I guess her little cousin learned sign language specifically for the role. Aww. That's okay. That makes my heart so warm. Cool. All right. But I will say, considering Echo has her own series coming. They've, they've got a lot of work to do in the next two episodes mm. because right now I'm feeling like she's an interesting character 
in a Hawkeye show. She's an interesting villain character in a Hawkeye show. I have not for one second felt like I got to see a show about this character. No. no. I, I, any more than I feel like I need to have a show about the cop character who originally stole the, the uh, Ronin costume that he had to go and get back from the LARPing fair. <laughs> let me kill I, you, man. Yeah, let me kill you. I, right now, it's a decent villain character in somebody else's show. I am not feeling an Echo series right now. Now, again, we got two episodes to go. Maybe after tonight, we'll be singing a different tune, but we'll see. All right, what's next? Michael Jones says, thank you, John. I never understood why Robert kept watching these new Star Trek shows when he doesn't <laughs> like them. I would have tapped out a long time ago. By the way, saw both West Side Story and Meet the Ricardos this week. Both very good movies. Very good yeah, movies. Very good. good. And yes, 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 I give Robert a hard time about this a lot. I give him a hard <laughs> time because Robert continues to watch he continues to watch these shows just so he can bitch about them. Oh. That's the only reason he keeps watching. He knows he doesn't like Discovery, right? And I give him it's a hard time about this. It's the yell and tell. It's I, the yell and tell. Yes, it's, yes, that's exactly. I always give him yes. a hard time about it. I always bust oh. his chops about it. <laughs> but it's like, he keeps watching it. Like he, look, he hates all, all things new Star Trek he hates. But he'll keep watching it <laughs> just so he can get online and cry oh, about it. Oh, Robert. And his, and his, and his, I remember... I went. I, w I was at this event. Me and Rob went to this event together, and and he he says to me like astoundingly, he goes, "Did you know that Paramount, one of the Star Trek Paramount official Twitter sites, blocked me?" And I'm like, <laughs> Robert, oh, so is this a surprise? <laughs> like, Robert, <laughs> Robert, Robert. That was so funny when the official site <laughs> yes. blocked him. Yes, bless his heart. Robert. But I mean, like, for me, the whole thing is like, look, I. I watch a show and if it doesn't work for me, I say, okay, I tap out. And then I spend my time going on to watch shows that I do like. And I'm like, and, and then Rob, Rob will say to me, he'll say, but you don't understand. Like I love Star Trek. Yeah. I love Star Wars. I love Star Wars. And so when Bad Batch came out, I gave it a shot. And when I realized that this show wasn't for me, I just stopped watching it. And I started watching other things. And I know, so if people ask me, John, what do you think of Bad Batch? I'll say, I didn't like Bad Batch. But I'm not going to continue to watch Bad Batch <laughs> just so every single week I can cry about Bad Batch. <laughs> anyway, look, I, I'm going to hear it from Rob on Friday. Again, once again, Rob's going to be, for those of you coming to join us for the screening on Thursday, Rob's going to be there with Elizabeth as well. Um, or he may not be anymore. Or maybe not be now. <laughs> but and I always bust his chops about that. I always He's very, very passionate about it. I always bust his chops about it. But anyway, uh, yeah, there's that. Okay, what's next? Don't Trouble Me says, Hey, John and crew, I'm sad to hear Anne Rice has died. Yes. The yeah. author of Interview with a Vampire. Aww. Before Buffy and Twilight, she helped to make vampires look sexy. I read all the books and hoped one day to see a TV series. She was a great storyteller. RIP. Yeah, and you know, it's it's crazy. Well, first of all, Interview with the Vampire and that whole series, so influential. So influential. And when you go back now and watch that movie with an Antonio Banderas and a, and a uh, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise and a very young Kirsten Dunst. She was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like that, they had talked for a long time about Anne Rice kind of trying to revitalize 
her interview with the vampire again. And I thought maybe another swing of the bat should have, been ha should have happened with that. But yeah, a very influential creator. And uh, it re was really, really sad to hear about that. All right, what's next? Wu-Tang29 says, big fan of yours since AMC and just found out about your show recently and is definitely fantastic. <laughs> Keep up the great content. Thank you, man. Thank John, you. Kim, and Ray, since they never showed Uncle Ben, do you think they might use Happy as the father that dies in No Way Home? Mm. It's possible. I mean, I, I think there's still function for him in the MCU. So I, I don't know that they'll want to depart with him, but people were crying over something. Oh. <laughs> hearing, hearing all the responses oh about all that, that some people are in tears. I mean, they're crying over something. I don't think they're crying over. That was an Aston Martin that got crashed. Yeah, I don't oh. think they're crying that over that. That would make me so sad if it's happy. Well, okay, but who wouldn't you be sad? I don't know, man. Aren't you going to be sad if it's MJ? I'm going to be sad. Are you going to be sad if it's Ned? I'm going to be sad. Are you going to be sad if it's Aunt May? Yes, I'm Are a you ball be of sad emotion. Are Jay Jonah? I'll still be sad if it's Jay Jonah. <laughs> All right, I'm skipping the movie. <laughs> it's right, now skipping the movie. I am it's a official. ball of emotions. All right, what's next? Oh, God. Jonathan says, Cyrano is going to break me. Yeah. Watch the trailer in theaters for West Side. It was only time I cried. I was so happy no one was around to see me. Can't wait for this unique romance musical. We'll bring tissues. This is the new one with Peter Dinklage, God. who just got nominated for a Critics' Choice for Best Actor for this movie. Very good. It is based on, I love the classic story of Cyrano de Bergerac. I, I love it all the way from the um, w whether it's the Steve Martin one Roxanne with Roxanne <laughs> or going all the way back to oh what's the actor's name again um, Ger 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 Gerard Depardieu uh, Gerard Depardieu oh, thank there you, you go. Um, all the way back to that one I I love the classic story of Cyrano and that's cl that classic tale of Cyrano has been retold a hundred times in different ways and whatever but Seeing Peter Dinklage, just even in the preview they showed us at CinemaCon about this man so in love and he believes he, the way the world looks at him and now in one iteration, it's his nose and in one iteration, something, but right. like for him, it's his size that no woman could ever love me. I'm, I'm just this and whatever. And so in love with her, so desperate to give her his love that he's willing to do it through another man. Oh, wow. It It is so powerful. Just the basic idea of Cyrano is so powerful and moving and awesome. And again, if you want to see and hilarious, watch the Daryl Hanna, Steve Martin version of it. It's so fun. But yeah, it, I cannot wait for this. I cannot wait for Cyrano. All right, what's next? Garden Variety Vagabond says, Hey, John, the bigger Leticia Wright problem is that Shuri is a science denier. Yeah, you have the most brilliant person in the MCU is also being played by a science denier, which is a little bit of a problem. But by the way, she is going back. The reports have now come, the, the official reports have come out. The, she is going to be picking oh, back up. Back. Yeah, nice. she's going to be back on there. So good, that's. Good. That's all going to continue. Black Panther 2 is moving forward. All right, what's next? James LH says, Hi, John, one of three. So my favorite person in film out of any field is Spielberg. I grew up in the late 70s and 80s with E.T., Indy, Close Encounters. I was even allowed to watch Jaws. <laughs> As I got older into my 20s, his films seemed to match my growth with Saving Private Ryan, wow. Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, and so on. I've continued to love his work. When I heard about West Side Story, I was doubtful. Me too. 
That was my first mistake. Almost blasphemy. <laughs> I've seen this on Saturday. I loved everything about this film. This is a master at work in a genre he hadn't operated in before. Other than a brief musical number for the opening Temple of Doom. Anything goes. That was Anything Goes, right? I think it was Anything Goes. It was. The actors were all great, especially Rachel Zegler for her first role. I look forward to her as Snow White and in Shazam too. Yeah, I, I can't gush about West Side Story enough. Like, and, and again, I am not the biggest fan of the original, even though it won Best Picture at the Academy Awards. This, this is, has a kinetic energy to it. Yes. It's got a passion to it. The performances are incredible. I mean, Spielberg knows how to cast. Right. My God, he knows In how to put the... In addition to her voice, her uh, acting was wonderful. It was great. It was completely great. Absolutely loved it. And I'm right on the same page with you on that, James. All right. Time for one last question today. What's the last one today? This comes from Concerned Theater Lover. <laughs> hey, John and crew. So I saw West Side Story and I loved it, but I'm bummed to find out it didn't make that much. I'm really worried about the film as someone who loves it. Do you think theaters and movie going will return to normal? I'm afraid that by releasing the same time as theaters that it altered people's movie going habits forever. Do you think that it will ever return? I would hate to see the theater experience die. I do think there's such things that need to improve on. Um, those such as safety. Yeah, again, this is a much larger topic. We've touched on this before. There are two main things that the theater industry and the movie industry as a whole has to deal with. One is cost and one is, in this current environment, safety. We are about to see, as we have seen, like when you get a movie like Shang-Chi that makes, you know, in the $400 million range, when you get movies like, uh, a free guy making the, the, the amount of money that it made that I don't know that it would have made any money uh, even in non-pandemic times. Um, I just don't think that, and what we're about to see in Spider-Man No Way Home, we're about to see one of the biggest opening weekends, one of the biggest opening weekends in box office history during this pandemic era. So yes, I think it can return and, and I think it will, but the pandemic has changed things like now instead of a 90 day window we have a 45 day window and what kind of impact that's going to have we're going to need some time to tell but we're going to go see spider-man no way home and then none of us are going to wish that we saw it in our fucking living rooms <laughs> all right there's none of us going to wish we saw it in our fucking boring living rooms or the same place we sat down to watch a seventh rerun of seinfeld last night mm -hmm. with nobody else in the house as you're sitting there scratching your gitch <laughs> and I mean, no, nobody's going to wish that. We're all going to be, thank God we're watching this in a movie theater. And still and, scratching our gitch. And still scratching <laughs> oh your, and still <laughs> reaching down and scratching the gitch. Um, if you're Ray. So, <laughs> okay. So, or smelling the, the Band-Aid oh. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Um, whatever, man. But it's, it's just, like, I was so, oh my God, when I was watching West Side Story, I'm like, oh, thank God I'm watching this in a theater. Thank God I'm watching this in a real movie theater. So, but again, there are challenges to come. The landscape has changed, but COVID just did that. There are still two challenges with safety and cost that yeah. they got to address and get, get a hold of. But again, as far as West Side Story goes, remember, West Side Story just made more money opening weekend than The Greatest Showman did. And The Greatest Showman went on to make $400 million. That's not to say that West Side Story will. I'm just saying is it's not unprecedented for a new musical to come out and not do great opening weekend, but still is able to have legs. And with us heading into the Christmas season and with the word of mouth around West Side Story, let's see what happens. 
Let's, let's just see what happens. All right, guys. All right. That'll do it. For today's installment of the John Campy Show, thank you so much for being here and making the show part of your day. It is always good to have you guys here. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in your comments and your questions. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved here at the show, thank you guys so very much for your support. And by the way, there are still other questions to come. Questions from James L.H., uh, from Garden Variety Vagabond, Robert Charles Mitchell, and others. Do not worry, I'm going to be doing a companion video a little bit later today, and we, I think, will get all caught up on all the questions that have been sent in. But for now, guys, I want to thank the two people in the room with me who make doing this so much fun. Kimberly is here. Kimberly, where can people find you? Yeah, guys, I'm on Instagram, at WasGoodKimberly, and happy birthday, Mommy. Oh, it's your mother's birthday. birthday? It is so close to it your is. birthday. That's so cool. I know, and my awesome. sister is Friday, and my grandmother would have been Monday. Oh my gosh, that is so special. Happy birthday to Mama Curran, and of course, to Ray Aura. I Ray. second that. Happy birthday to your mom, and you can find me at Ray Aura with a zero. The zero instead of the O there, and you guys can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram. You can see right there, just at John Campia. Okay, guys, that'll do it for us. We'll be back again tomorrow. Don't forget tomorrow as well. I should probably bring this up while we have a moment. Tomorrow afternoon... Oh, it's Hawkeye open spoiler discussion, the post-game show for Hawkeye. So make sure you guys join us for that tomorrow as well. Of course, we'll have the regular John Campia show during the day. We hope you guys will join us for that. And tonight, you know what? I think I'll probably give, I'll put up a quick reaction from you, me, and Ryan tonight. And Anne, Ray, well, like after we're done watching uh, Hawkeye, maybe we'll do a quick little, I'll just use my phone. We won't come in the studio. I'll just use my phone and we'll do a quick little reaction to episode five. Let's anyway, hope it's good. I hope it's good. Better be good. All right, guys, that'll do it for us for now. Thanks a lot for being here. My name's John Campia. And until next time, my friends. <laughs>